And welcome back to the Letterman here on 90.7 WCOH. It's a lovely first day of March. Oh, yeah. I'm joined here in the studio with Mr. Alex Orlando. What's going on? Mr. Charles Reggie Billy Searle. It's great to be. It's always great to be. One month closer to Michigan Wolverine football. And New York Yankee baseball. But this is why... Actually, not one month closer. We're in the month. Yes, exactly. March oh is probably my favorite sports month of the year, to be honest with you. Because you go right from February, which is the Super Bowl, right into March. You got March Madness, and then right into the MLB season. You can't beat it. I love March Madness. Me too. I literally, I literally was I talking about it. I suck at it, but I love it. Hey. And stay here. For the tournament bracket challenge coming up in a couple weeks, the WCLH bracket challenge, where there will be a prize. Ooh. (laughs) Anyway, last Friday, we gave you our sleeper teams in the AL. Uh, Planned on doing both AL and NL then, but we just had such good conversations. Kind of carried out that we couldn't do the NL at that time. So we thought we'd bring you the NL now, but... Mr. Searle was not there, so he wanted to quickly go through his AL teams. So for the AL East, I have, looks like most of us were on the same page here besides the Red Sox fan. I have the Baltimore (laughs) Orioles, which, and about that, I think that they have a very good shot to be good this year. Do I think they make the playoffs? No. I think that our division is a little too strong for them to be able to get over that hump. I think in any other division... They would have a better shot at sneaking in at a wild card spot, but I just think that their schedule is too tough with our division. So Baltimore there. In the AL Central, I'm going with the Chi-Town White Sox. You know, they could they were supposed to be a very good baseball club last year. I know a lot of people had them in the playoffs at the beginning of the season. They had horrific management. They're under new management now, under a new, under a new coach at the helm. They got their guys... I think that they could – I think this could be a team that you could see sneak in. And I'm going to be honest, I think this is a team that could compete with the Cleveland Guardians for that division at some point throughout the year. And then the AL West, I know Martell was mad at me. He was yelling at me before I got in the show. I'm going to Los Angeles Angels. I know you said people do this every year. I also don't think that they have a shot at making the playoffs. But I think, you know, if Mike Trout plays a full year, if Shohei Otani does what he does – they could both carry that team to a good season and they could bring them to a potential playoff spot, potentially. But that all depends on if Mike Trout can play a full year. That's true. I mean, he he played, what, 140 games last year? Yeah. Got 40 bombs or a little bit less than 40 bombs. And no, still, he hit 40. He didn't hit 40? He hit 40. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought it was 39 or 40. Gee, didn't he finish in the – I think he finished top three in the AL or top five at least. Um, He played 119 games. Did he, he probably did finish top five. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I mean, it is Mr. Mr. Trout himself. I know him and him and Mr. Judge were neck and neck for the first half of the year for a while. Mike Trout was third. Yep. Makes sense. Judge, Schwarber, Trout, Alonzo was tied with him, and then Austin Riley. So that means he was second in the AL. Yeah. That's it for my AL teams. That was a good list. It's a fun no, list. Nothing wrong there. Yeah. yeah. I just, 
it, the thing with the Angels, and I said it Friday, and I'm going to say it again. It's just we we look at this team, and on paper every year, yes, this team should be a playoff team. They should be competing for championships year in and year out. They really should. But then they play the season, and they just sure. don't. There's no other way to put it. They they just falter, and they their pitching always sucks. Their their batters disappear in July. Yeah. It's it's just Could you imagine they didn't have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani? They would be the worst organization in sports right they would, now, let they alone would, baseball. They would be Pittsburgh. Yeah. They'd be worse. Worse. Oh my god. They they would be worse than what Cincy was in April last year. Yes. hundred percent. And it's kinda of hard to go one and twenty two and be worse than that. <laughs> You're right. Anyway. Going to the NL. Starting in the NL East. Nice and loud, Martel. You want me to go first? Yeah, I would please. love if you went first. I want to hear this so, explanation. So this is going to be weird. There's no other way to put this or put around it. But the Philadelphia Phillies are my sleeper team in the NL East. And hear me out. Hear me out. Bryce Harper's injured. Okay. Okay. So shouldn't affect you know what people think about the Phillies with him injured. But apparently, him being injured means the entire team is going downhill. Oh yeah, means oh, that yeah. you guys it's can't. Over, yeah. Means that you can't win the NL East, which I think is ludicrous, because I still think you have a shot to win the NL East. I don't. I, I, I don't, don't think we're going to win the NL East. But and that's you. I still think you can. They didn't win it last year. Yeah, they didn't win last year. And they still made the, the World Series. I don't see why they can't have a better season this year than last year. Because now they have the same group core guys coming back. They bolster their pitching. But apparently Bryce Harper is the only reason why that team went last year. The team that I watched last year, yeah, he was a big part of it. He was definitely not the only reason why they went. So for people to automatically write off the Phillies because, oh, well, the Mets are spending money left and right, and the Atlanta Braves are just the top three organization in baseball, is ludicrous. And that's why they're my sleeper team, because we're not going to just sleep on what the Phillies did last year, and they're going to just improve on that. And they could be a 100-win ball club this year with or without Bryce Harper. They could. I mean... I mean, you're, you're sleeping on your own team. I don't think anybody's writing them off. He's I, not sleeping on them. He's being real. Yeah. Like, without Bryce Harper, I'm sorry, they're not going to be able to compete with the Mets and Braves for the first half of the season. They're going to be close, but they're not going to be ahead of them by the time he's back. I hope they are. I I, I like the I love the Phillies. That's my that's my second team right there. And like, but I don't think that you could say that a team that just made it to the World Series is a sleeper. I just I just can't. From the talk that I've heard around the baseball community. I don't have them going to the I don't have them winning the division, but I still have them going farther than both the Mets and the Braves. I have all three of those teams making the playoffs, and I have the Phillies going deeper than both of them again. And that's fair. And, again, that's what it should be. But I, I just think, again, and the same thing I said with Seattle. The fact that you're already riding them off, that they're not going to win the NL East, is, is kind of ridiculous. They're still a great ball club. And uh, Philly Rob, I mean, he's, a fan, one of the, he's one of the best managers in baseball Got right that now. Right. I, I will just have fun out there, man. You throw Nick Nelson in the eighth inning in, like, game four of the NLCS. Hey, come on. Who's Nick Nelson? He knows what he's doing. You improved your bullpen. You improved your starting pitching. You improved your infield. By a lot. By a, by a lot. Yeah. 
losing Bryce Harper is huge. Don't get me wrong. It's huge. We got Trey Turner. But guess what? You have so many pieces there that, one, have played in big moments, or two, were literally on the team last year and know how, they just know how to play baseball. Yes, Bryce, getting Bryce Harper is going to make your team so much better. Don't get me wrong. Bryce Harper is one of the best players in baseball. But losing him, I don't like. You're still. I still think getting Bryce Harper back, you can still be at a point where you're 20 games above 500. Well, the way I see it is, <clears throat> the Phillies, they're not going to be a regular season team this year because of Bryce Harper being out. But they're still going to make the playoffs. I mean, this team will be in the playoffs. I can promise you that. There's no way this team doesn't make the playoffs. I'm going to sound clip that, just in case. Go ahead. <laughs> you, go ahead. I don't they care. Don't. No, no. I, I, appointment I, ever. I yes, I, yes. I would. I think and it's <clears throat> for all of us here. I think we see the Phillies in the playoffs again. No, we will. Yeah. And yeah. I don't just see them being a wild card team. I see them going no. deep in the playoffs again. They're not the Mets. No. But at the same time, I think the Mets and you could argue that the Mets and and the Braves both have better overall rosters than the Phillies. I can say that for the Braves. Because I think again, the Braves have a top three roster in in the MLB. Yeah, but the Mets the Mets pitching rotation I think might put them ahead on paper than Philadelphia. I still think yeah, but Philadelphia beats them this year. I think Philadelphia owns the series this year. I do, I do too. But I think on paper, I agree with Orlando. I would say the Mets have a better roster just due to their pitching. Because the it's Phillies just, have a great pitching staff too, but the Mets are have a. There's no way around. They it's just. It's just from what, what I've Scherzer. been. What I've been hearing these last couple of months. It's just for me. It seems like a lot of people are just. They're saying this was a fluke run. I've I've seen people. I've had people text me that that was a fluke run. They don't know baseball. I know. I know. It, it, it's and that's why I'm saying they're a sleeper because it, we 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 can't be sleeping on a team that literally just made the World Series, and improved. Like yeah, the Astros won. They did not improve this year. Yeah, they ha- they still have the studs on their roster. Framer Valdez, Jeremy Pena looks like he's going to be fantastic. Bregman. They got marginally worse. Yeah. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say they got like. I wouldn't say they, w- they lost Verlander, but yeah, I think Jose Abreu was a very nice addition. Yeah, yeah but their, bull- their bullpen took a hit. Hmm? Like, their bullpen took a hit. With who? Mm, who they lose? Nobody left. I thought one guy left. Nope. They extended Presley. I know they extended Presley and they extended the the kid that they traded for from Seattle. Not Stanek. No, 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 no. The uh, he's like the submarine guy. Oh, I can't think of his name right now. Hold on, Presley. No, they have Hector Neris, Rafael Montero, that guy, Brian Abreu. This bullpen's still very good. <laughs> it's, I know it's still very good. This team is don't 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 get it twisted. They lost Justin Verlander, but this team is still this team is still. No, dominant. they're still they're still, they're still a, a top two team in the AL. They're still a top two team in the MLB. But speaking of Astros and Phillies, the teams that made the World Series, Phillies by far got better, and people are still. Oh yeah, the Phillies definitely improved. I think the Phillies improved more than anyone else did in the MLB in the offseason this year. To Ooh, be honest with you, that's. I don't hate that. I, I, like I think that I think the Cubs had a very the Cubs very had, good a great off had a great offseason. The Phillies had a great offseason. The Yankees know, had that, a great offseason. That's my take. You can take it how it is. You can say, oh, well, they're not a sleeper or whatever. But that's that's my take. And I mean, I just think if you're sleeping on the Phillies in general, you're just wrong. Yeah, yes. 100. percent Personally, I'm not. But <clears throat> again, sounds like you are. He he. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. The list says your NLE sleeper team is the Phillies. That is your sleeper team. 
And I'm He's telling right. you why they're going to win the division. Oh. Yeah, and see, now, now you're excited, huh? I am. You want to sticky <laughs> note that one? I will. I will sticky note that one. Someone took all my pens, though. Can you believe that? Where did my crows for Don? Oh, there it is. <laughs> the, the new sticky notes I got are not, are not the best. They don't, yeah, they don't stick. Come on, man. I, like I know. You, like, you, you think I buy sticky notes to stick on a wall, and they just don't stick there. It's unbelievable. What's the point of buying a sticky note if it's not going to stick? I agree. There's just a note. Well, while you're doing that, I will I will explain my sleeper team in the NL East, which I feel like there's really no other option here when I was looking at it, and it's the Miami Marlins because the Nationals, obviously, they're going to be probably the worst bottom tier, no, probably the worst team in baseball, to be honest with you. But the Miami Marlins have something there. They also improved a lot this offseason because they still have that very good pitching staff with Sandy Alcantara, who me and Orlando, I think, both agreed last week that was the best pitcher in the MLB. Unanimously. Unanimously. Back that up and say he's by far the best pitcher in baseball. And they have – they got a new coach in there now, right? Donnie Baseball's gone. They have – they have the tools. I mean, again, they're also one of these teams that's stuck in a really tough division. And they got they got the second baseman from Minnesota. Uh, was it Luis Ariza? Louis, yep. Louis, or, Louis I forgot. His, no, you're yeah. right. They got him, Chaz. Um, they just picked up a catcher too, who has a very good bat. I forget the name. It's not. I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't. I'm gonna be honest. I don't pay a lot of attention to the Miami Marlins. They have Gene Segura from yes, the they did get Gene Segura. That hurt. <laughs> I like Gene. Yeah. So they improved. I mean, do I think that they? Genuinely, do I really believe that they can make a run this year? I don't know because, again, <laughs> they're no one of those way. teams that's just stuck in an absolutely loaded division. In my eyes, a top-two division in baseball. I think both Easts are the best divisions in baseball this year. And I just think that it's tough. It's going to be tough for them to compete with teams like Philly, New York, and Atlanta all year. But I would say that they're a sleeper, and I could, if it happened, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll tell you that for free. I would be very surprised if Miami made the playoffs at all. No, I'm if, not saying like playoffs. I'm saying like 80, 80 wins, maybe eighty-five wins. I could see. Okay, okay. I mean, I don't know about the playoffs though. Alcantara is the only reason that pitching, the entire pitching on that team is relevant. Yeah, I mean that bullpen's not good. You know, it, it was nice to see them make some moves. You know, Chisholm's coming back. They got Segura, Luis Arias. I don't mm-hmm. know how they're going to structure that infield. You know, who's going to? I mean, that that's three second baseman, right? Yeah. So I mean, it's interesting. Well, well he might be. move to the he might move to the outfield. Who? Jazz. There's they were saying that he might go to center. Okay. Yeah. And then we'll just the other will play. And DH then Gene or. would play second. Arias would play short. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, I mean, Jazz is an athlete, so I trust. And he said, like, yeah, he wants to go play in the outfield. Yeah. Like, or he just he just wants to play baseball. Yeah. So I mean, do I think he'll be better than Fernando Tatis in the outfield? Yeah. But that's, I mean, we, we also don't know. So, yeah. Anyway. Oof. So, would you say. Oh, would, hold on. Mar- Martel, would you say that you think Miami is a sleeper team in this division as well? Oh, 100%. I think Miami could finish above 500 this year. Yes. Yeah. And, and still Here, miss I'll the take back the 80, 85 wins, Orlando. But here's what I'll say they had 69 wins last year. I definitely see them getting more than 69 wins. Oh yeah, no. I like I, that. I like that. I see them finishing probably between <clears throat> seventy-seven wins and eighty-six. Eighty-six is their ceiling. Obviously, seventy-seven their floor. If they don't get the seventy-seven wins, I'm going to assume it's injuries. Their hitting did not improve. Mm-hmm. 
or that's the only two because their pitching improved. Even though you got rid of Pablo Lopez, I still think your pitching improved. And you knew Pablo was going to resign, so you got a piece in Arias for that reason, which is a fantastic. I think that was a fantastic move for the hitting. So I, I don't know. I, I I really like that team down there. I think they they're going to play some good baseball this year. Give the fans something to cheer for in that beautiful stadium they have. I just got to show you this picture real quick. Just popped up. My friend just sent it to me. Yankee fan back home. Off topic. Okay. That's Derek Jeter and Anthony Volpe when he was in elementary school. Oh, that's a beautiful, beautiful picture. That's going to be a very famous picture in the Yankee clubhouse in the next year. In in a month. Uh, I, I wish, but... He will. He'll be starting March 30th. Don't worry. Let's get to the NL Central. NL Central. Everybody, and I mean everybody, agreed with this. Even Paraguay and Chris, who could sadly not join us today. Chicago Cubs. And we already mentioned it a little bit. But they had a fantastic offseason. And I know when we did our top shortstops list a couple of weeks ago, and I mentioned Dansby Swanson, I know you guys said – I know I know Orlando said for a fact that I don't know mm-hmm. if he's going to have the same season. Who? Dansby Swanson. I said that. Or you said that? Yeah. Right. So you were saying I don't know if he has the same season as he did on Atlanta. Just because he didn't have the same amount of – no, that was a good power. It's a good point, and I, I just, I like the opposite of it of going. He's gonna be the captain mm-hmm. of that team, or not the captain, but he's gonna the be guy. the guy on the team. Yeah, he's the guy, and he's gonna raise up everybody around him. Him or Contreras, I'd say. They don't have to leave anymore, don't. No, I think they signed him, didn't no, they? Uh, no, he is in St. Louis. Yeah, he's on the Cardinals. Oh shoot! Yeah, they replaced Yachty with Contreras, and he's probably gonna be there until he retires too. <laughs> but. Yeah, Dansby's that guy right now. Him, Liam Hendricks. I, I hope Liam has a bounce back year. Don't forget about J-Mo Talon. Or not Liam, Kyle Hendricks. Sorry. Uh, Bellinger. Yeah, Bellinger. Oh, man. I mean, I hey, wanna, I'm going to be watching Cody Bellinger a lot yeah. this year. I want to see how he does with a new team. I, I think he's going to do great this I year. I think he has a fantastic year. I don't know if it's going to be like all-star level. Like 2019 Cody Bellinger? No, no. no. But – I mean, if, cool. if you yeah. can get a, sh- a shade of 2016 and 2018 Cody Bellinger, or even 2020 Bellinger, that's all you need. We're not we're not asking for MVP Cody Bellinger. <laughs> no. We're asking for just put the ball and play Bellinger. <laughs> Is this right? Chicago Cubs could win this division i think i i think that. i really truly do believe out of, that out of all the sleepers i have this is the one sleeper on this list that i think could come and win that division because i could do i think as we were just talking about who had great off seasons this is definitely a top three off season in the mlb this year they yeah. got pitching they got hitting they got defense and who, who was the uh, marcus stroman he didn't play much last year no he was hurt yeah so now they're getting Stroman, they're getting talent. And talent, I think, is going to have a career year because he's out. This is what they all do. Like, they leave New York or they leave that big market team yeah. with the crazy fans that boo him. Now he's going to a more calm environment. Well, if you call the Cubs calm. Well, their fans are nice. They're not, they're not like Yankee fans. I'll, I'll they're say, not going to boo you. I'll say this. I have no ill will towards Tyler. No, I'm a big fan of. I, I loved him. I yeah. was I was kind of hoping we'd resign. Yeah, but me I understand. Too. I understood that. I mean, I'm going to take Carlos Rodon over yeah. him. But no, 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 yeah, that that was the thing. It's like, would I rather have Rodon or Talion? And it's like, hey, well, one, that guy is a lot better, and two, 
we don't need to be throwing 20 mil at Talion. No. No. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy he got paid. I'm happy he's going to go be the number number two or number three guy in that rotation. And I, I really hope he does well. And I think he could have a great year. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about him, though, being like the number two or the number one guy over there. I think well, I think, be, I think, I think it'll be third. I think it'll be third because right now it's Hendricks. I would say probably Stroman than him. And okay. that's, that's a very solid one, two, three, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, Stroman and Hendricks did not have a very good year statistically. Well, Strowman, I know, was injured, and then Hendricks, I know, he, he's been kind of on the downturn. But I think with the Mancini, they got two. Who? They also got Trey Mancini. They did get Trey Mancini. I forgot. He's DH. He's going to bring Eric Cosmer. And let's not forget, they already have Frank Schwindel. They have, um, oh my God, Kurt, not Kurt Suzuki. Um, Seiya Suzuki. They picked up Hosmer. This, is, I mean, this team could win the NL Central. Hosmer's a shell of himself. And then so what happened to Cody Bellinger? Dude, I, just, I don't know. 305, 115 RBIs, 47 home runs in 2019. Listen. What happened? No one knows, but he needs a new team. He got that new team. I think if you get if he can get you 25 bombs this year and 90 RBIs and bat 260, 270. Very good year. That's a that's a great bounce back year for Cody Bellinger. He batted a one sixty five in twenty twenty one. He yeah. also plays yeah. a ridiculous center field. He when, does. No, yeah, no. Cody Bellinger is a fantastic outfielder. Yeah. So, and then you have Seiya Suzuki to the right of you. This is gonna be a good baseball yeah. team. No, I mean we we saw it last year in Philly. Yeah. And that was without all these acquisitions, and they were still a fun baseball team to watch. Yeah. These guys get on base. They. Th- because, you know, baseball nowadays is all about home runs and strikeouts. These guys, they they play baseball the most pure way, which is just singles and doubles, and let's move people around the base. They, the Yankees need to take a couple notes off that. Well, they'll never learn that. No. But but I do think if they kept Contreras, I would definitely be picking them to win the, AL, uh, the NL Central over St. Louis. That was now I'm going to have to think about it. That's fair. But I really do – I do genuinely believe that this team could win the NL Central and make noise in the National League this year. I'm very excited. Depending on how these acquisitions perform, but I, I, I think they have the tools to win a division and make noise. I mean, we'll see. Going to the NL West, our final teams. There's realistically only two teams that could be sleeper teams here, as our lists indicate. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Just playing. Arlito's <laughs> <on>, face. <laughs> Continue. Uh, no, I I picked Arizona, and I have been on Arizona since I, I since the season ended. I love this young core. Jake McCarthy, you got Court Carroll. You still got guys like Cattell Marte. Let's not forget about Zach Gowan and the incredible stretch of games he had to end the year. Merle Kelly, I think he's going to be a very solid. Uh, prospect for them, and he's just going to improve on what he did last year. This is a good team. This is a very, very solid team, and I can see them making noise in the NL this year. I can see them making the playoffs in the NL this year. Just like I think you're, uh, Reg, as high as you are on the Cubs is me with the Diamondbacks. That's fair. And I think the only reason I disagree with that, and I feel the same way, I don't have Arizona as my sleeper team, but I do see them as a sleeper, and I think they can make noise. But I, it just goes back to the division talk again. I think that San Diego and Los Angeles are just going to be way too good for them to 
play with all year. Well, with. here's the thing: we because of the new schedule that's come out, where every team faces every, every yeah, team in the MLB. That's true. They're getting less division games. Yeah. So they don't have to face the Dodgers and the and the Padres <coughs> twenty-one times each now. They only have to play them fifteen times, I think. So something like that. All right, then that 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 changes. So that my takes thoughts. away ten games, ten potential losses. Which I mean, I, let's be. I think they would split either way with both San Diego and LA. I think they could compete with maybe maybe not in the start of the year, but when it got closer to August September. I think they would. Plus, you got the Rockies. They're the doormat of the division right now. Yes. They, they have no direction. They have no clue what they're doing. I mean, Ryan McMahon is out there praying for help. <laughs> Chris Bryant, hopefully he comes back healthy. But, I mean, that's not going to fix the pitching. And then you have your teams. Yeah, I have San Fran. And I have San Fran for, I think, the same reason – you have San Francisco, Orlando? I have Arizona. Oh, okay. And I'll explain. Okay. But I have San Fran. I mean, Orlando also pointed this out to me before as well about San Fran. I think that they are going to make some noise at some point throughout the season with a trade to make, make up trade. for the pretty pathetic offseason that they had due to getting players, losing players. They had Arson Judge for a minute. They had Carlos Correa for well, a minute. No, no, no. They still have Arson Judge. Oh, yeah. So that, that guy might be a standout. But I yeah. do think that this roster is good enough – to make to to make some noise, they still got Craw- they have Brandon Crawford still on the team, right? Yep. Yes, and he is again. A, a, he's the top shortstop that we just forgot about. Defensive. Yeah, which is yeah. what goes back to what we were saying about how many good shortstops there are in the MLB. Yeah, Mitch. They Hanniger. got Sean Mania, who's a very good starting pitcher. Did you just say Mitch Hanniger? That was bad. Was I mean, he's good. not bad, but he's not Arson. Sean Mania is pretty bad. Michael yeah, Conforto. Mania is not bad. He, he's he is on and off. He's hot and cold. Well, he was in Oakland, so that's fair. I don't judge anyone until they yeah, get out of Oakland. No, no, no. He, he was in San Diego. Oh, he was. Yeah, yeah he was the f- the fourth pitcher in the rotation. Oh, okay. Well, he was in Oakland at some point. He was also Michael there. Conforto was good at some point in his career. It's been a while. Logan Webb. He hasn't played in two years. Yeah, we're gonna see this year. Jo- they still got Jock Peterson, do they not? Yep, they, they do. do. <laughs> Again, but I don't think that I don't think that the Giants or the Diamondbacks are as good as a team as like the Phillies are. Where the Phillies, we're saying right now, you're that the Phillies are the third team, right? Without Harper, is that what we were saying in that division? That's what you're saying. But the Phillies are still going to the playoffs. Are still going to compete in that division. I don't think that the Giants or the Diamondbacks are good enough to compete with San Diego and LA, which is going to be tough for them. I hate that you're right, but I, I, I do have to agree. But I also think I, I, I don't know. I just I can real I really see this Diamondbacks team like their ceiling, I think they can get the ninety wins. I honestly think that. I think they can be like the Seattle Mariners. I would love to see that because I'm tired Toronto. of seeing the Dodgers and Padres. Yeah. I'm tired of it. Mark, I would love it. Mark Melanson. Wow. <laughs> I've I haven't heard that name in forever. Who who's he play for now? What? He's on the Diamondbacks. Really? Yeah. He was there last year. I forgot. I, for- I forgot. That man was insane a couple of years ago. Yeah. And then he... Just, he's just old. <laughs> yeah. 37. <laughs> okay. I'm switching my team. Because I completely missed this. I had no idea Dalton Varshow went to the Blue Jays. You didn't know that? I had no idea. For, uh, what's his name? Espinal? I don't like that. Not Espinal. Who was it? Uh, Guriel Jr. Lourdes? Lori. Lori? Guriel? 
No, no, no. Uh, Lourdes Goriel Jr. Well, whatever. The yeah. the guy from... Or was it Teoscar Hernandez? I forgot which one. Cause I know Teoscar's on... Uh, Seattle. Yes. So then it was, yeah, it was the other guy. Goriel Jr. Yeah. or something like that, but... I do like this Diamondbacks team. I will say that. I think Zach Gallon is their ace that they needed. Yes. I really like Kettle Marte. I think he's going to have a bounce back year. Bullpen wise, not feeling it. They're just they're they're a young team. Madison Baumgartner's still there. He's you know. Can he retire so we can put him in the MLB yeah, Hall of Fame? Yeah, he's he's still out there, I guess. But I just think I like the uh, Giants roster a little bit better overall. Yes, sir. I mean, they got Medea. Logan Webb's still there. You know, the experience is there. This was a 100-win team a couple years ago. It was. You know, Brandon Crawford, Jacques Peterson. I don't th- – I just – the thing with them is I don't think they have the hitting core. Like, I mean, no, I yeah, they're hitting well, – they're going to do that. They're going to fix that at the trade deadline. I will but say – But they also have to be competing for the playoffs at the trade deadline. They got I Taylor don't think Rogers. they will. I, I – Time will tell. Well, I mean, we'll see. I could be wrong on the Giants and in, in the Diamondbacks, I mean, but I think this year the Diamondbacks and Giants switch, and Diamondbacks will be in the playoff push. And I think they could trade for a guy like Brian Reynolds or whoever else would be available. Interesting. And the Giants would—they're going to sell. I think the Giants could sell Brandon Crawford. He's old. Yeah, but someone would want them for a playoff push. Say a St. Louis. Yeah, I don't think St. Louis would want him for a year rental or you know, a half year. If, if our shortstop situation goes to, uh, I like that goes to number two. Like, if our if our shortstop situation goes south, like the one that we have right now, and we're struggling at the trade deadline, I wouldn't hate it. I don't. I don't. We have Volpe. I'm saying if if it goes south, Volpe. By the way, Volpe. Volpe. If it goes south. <laughs> If our shortstop situation goes south, I would not hate that at all. I will if. say that. Good. It, it that doesn't make sense though, because why would we not play our young guy unless he's injured for the year? If that's the key word, if because we're not trying, we're not, we're tired of just making it and losing. We're we're sick of that. We're tired of rebuilding. We need a win, and we need a win now. We're the most powerful sports organization of all time. We have 27 world championships, and we haven't won one in a decade. We need to win now. I'm sick of the young guys. If it goes south, go out, spend some money, and do what your father did, Hal. Do what George would have done, and go make a move. Orlando, I would like for you to go, but I think we have to end it on that. No, I know. I know. That's, that was beautiful. Um, that's going to be a sound bite. Um. Aja! Aja! <laughs> We're going to take a short little break when we come back. I know Monday we talked about the some of the top O-line prospects, so we thought we'd bring you the top 10 offensive linemen in the NFL in 2023. This is The Letterman here on 90.7 WCOH. Keep it locked.
And welcome back to the Letterman here on 90.7 WCOH. Still in the studio, Mr. Charles Be- Reggie Billy Searle. You're, you're. Also joining us today, he was in traffic, but he finally got out of traffic. The Wonder Boy himself, Stephen Yukoski. Wonderful to be here. Wonderful All roads lead to Mr. Wonderful. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. And the road from Maryland to Wilkes-Barre sometimes leads to an abundance of traffic. Most of the time. Most of the time. Yes. <laughs> and finally, back from his week hiatus, maybe he joined Aaron Rodgers in his darkness, darkness retreat. Darkness retreat. The man, the myth, the legend himself, Nicholas Falpone. You know who it be? It's Nikki V. And we are back and he locked looks in. Snazzy today. He does look snazzy. He's always wearing the shades. Always. When is he not wearn the shades? True. It's and just, let him know. He's in the, the rings. rings. He's got some rings on. Okay. Oh, okay. He's stunting on them today. You know, but you know why? Oh. It's the first day of March. It is. And that's, he was like, ah, oh, come out of my hole. Let's just say I'm not the, <laughs> uh, let's just say basketball is not the only thing that brings the March madness. What does? Yeah, boy, play it. W. Oh. W. That's tough. That's, that's wow. That's just That wow. was a huge W moment. But hey. <laughs> Moving on. What's going on? These top 10 O-linemen. Oh, yeah. right we have now, baby. top 10 O-linemen, like I said earlier, a little bit ago. This is a Brought really hard you list. the O-line prospects. Somebody. Very tough. We'll give you a top 10 O-linemen. I'm going to start with my with my honorable mentions. And this is how you know this is a tough list because these are honorable mentions. Right. Yeah, Eric McCoy, center out of New Orleans Saints. I think he is one of the best centers in the league. Very underrated center in this league that not a lot of people are talking about because the Saints really didn't do much last year, but Saints had a really good O-line, and he was the anchor of that O-line. Going to Cleveland, you got Wyatt Teller. He has been an absolute stud since his rookie year a couple years ago. One of the best guards in the game. Doesn't get talked enough about. Does not get talked enough a lot. And then I got the tackle out of L.A., Rayshon Slater. Yep. I think I had to put him on this list, even through the injury. I had to put him on this list because he's just just that good of a tackle. But I had to leave him off for 10 guys that I think – it, this is so tough. This is it, really it's hard. hard. It's I hard because Slater sh- could be on this list too. He, I wouldn't be could. surprised if he's, not on, or if he's on your list. Well, my honorable mentions, Rayshon Slater is one of my honorable mentions. Um, Ronnie Staley – from the Ravens, he's also one of my honorable mentions. He just missed the cut, right? For me. And, and and the same goes for my Wyatt Teller. He just missed the cut for me. Um, and then my last honorable mention, which I understand, I don't know if you guys would agree with this, but I got David Bakhtiari in my honorable mention. I don't again another guy who just missed. Yeah, for it's, me, it's really it was. This was a really hard list. Like this was really. There was a solid. I like, I like the Green Bay Packer honorable mention. I can't lie. That's for, there's a solid 25 to 30 guys who could be on this list. Yeah, 100%. I agree. I'll, I'll, I'll say one thing, too. Trey Smith is not on my list. I wanted, my list I wanted to put him on my list, but I just couldn't. I just couldn't either. But it, I, it was tough. Audible mentions for you guys. Rashawn Slater. Right. Okay. Um, Garrett Bowles of Denver. I don't have it in my top 10. I'm sorry. This is going to be a very tough list for me to do here today. It's not in my top uh, 10 either. It's not in my top 30. I was very busy today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
Oh, I got an honorable mention. I got uh, Atlanta's Jake Matthews. The center for Atlanta. Yeah. I have an Atlanta offensive lineman on my list. You do? I, I, I know who you have then because I saw him on your list. but <laughs> Or not on your list, but I saw him on plenty of lists. At number 10, I'm going to start it off here. This guy has been known as the best guard in football since he came in the draft in 2018. But I had, to, I had to have him fall a little bit just because he did have a disappointing 2022 season. Not going to discount what he's done in the past, though. Quentin Nelson. Yep. Um, I think he has to be on the list. He's still one of the best guards in the game. For him to have a down year was him just missing the Pro Bowl. This is the first year he's missed yeah. the Pro Bowl. Actually, no, this is the first year. First year he's missed the Pro Bowl. But he's been, he's been an All-Pro every year. This was the first year he hasn't been an All-Pro, I believe, either. Yeah, like... That's a down year for him, not yeah. being a Pro Bowl or not being an All-Pro. So that that just speaks about his game as, his, itself. Yeah, his down year was, like, slightly above average yeah. for the rest of the league. So. Yeah. He's, he, on, he's on my list, but he's higher. And on a lot of lists, he was still a top-ten offensive guard in the league. Right. Just wasn't one or two. He was, like, six, five. And that's the thing about this is it's a mix of, you know, tackle and interior. But for my ten, I got Chris Lindstrom. He's uh, like my that. guy from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, had a really great year. Um, I think he's only going to get better. I think that's one of the, you know, one of the best people on that Atlanta team right now. So, Chris Lindstrom, he's my number ten. I, I like Chris Lindstrom. I like Jake Matthews. I think he's going to be really good. I like Caleb McGarry out of Atlanta too. Mm-hmm. That's a very, very good young offense. Good line young, there. yeah. I was gonna say very young pieces, but they can, they got the shot to develop. There is sure. so much Atlanta can do this off season that would that can make them a playoff contender. I agree. Really good. I agree. And I just hope they they execute correctly. All right, my ten for the memes, Atlanta, please. <laughs> the Chiefs got a steal out of them in twenty twenty one. Creed Humphrey. A ten. Uh, that's. I, you know, I, I like how he's on the list. Put some respect on his name type. Personally, he's higher on mine. He is higher on mine as well, but I, I respect. I respect. To be fair, like, yeah. you guys are a little more, like, especially you, Martel, when it comes to the What's O-line. that supposed to mean? Oh. Because you're an <laughs> you're offensive, literally lineman, an offensive lineman, bro. Like. <laughs> we we got to get Volpone's top 10 kickers, though. We will. We will <laughs> oh, 1,000%. We are doing top 10 kickers, and Orlando and Volpone will be there. Love it. Uh, Reggie has elected to not do number 10. I'm going to I'm gonna have to take your He's Sorry, I had to. He's doing the top five. Hey, man. Reg, like hey, you know what? Reg was being an academic weapon this morning. Respect the academic weapon. But he wanted to be here because it's the O-line segment. And we <laughs> right. need to show sure? some love. And at number nine for me is actually Billy Reggie Searle. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give yeah. you guys my number one. Don't worry. And my number two. As you should. How about three, four, five? You can give us a top five. He gives top five. You got enough time. He's got his top top five. Um, My number nine, we're going with the all-pro from Dallas, Zach Martin. I know this podcast has shown not a lot of love for the Dallas Cowboys, but Zach Martin is one guy I love. I agree. On that team. Unfortunately. Just consistent, consistent guard since, what, 2014 since he came in? In fact, you talk about respect. He's higher on my list. That's fair. So. That's fair. I I probably did him a little dirty, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and it'd just be like that sometimes. But, I mean, he, he's one of the most consistent guards in the game. Even coming off injury, he said, hey, guys, remember me? And 
got to the Pro Bowl. I think, was he an All-Pro or second-team All-Pro? I think second-team, maybe. I want to say second-team, so, I mean. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, th- he, this guy's a stud, and he still. I think he still has a couple more years of his prime. My nine, and you, this could just be a little bit of bias, but, like, you got to understand that, like, it's kind of true. I'm going to take the big man. The big rugby player, give me Jordan Mailata, tackle at nine. Um, I, I I understand that you're like, oh, the Eagles fan, but he really is just playing lights out. I mean, he gave up what two or three I sacks say three all sacks year, all three year. sacks all year. Um, I, I mean, imagine being three sacks like, and that being like one of the worst parts of of the offensive line. Yeah, and he's he's great. He's great in the run. He's great in the pass blocking as well. So. I, I really think he deserves it, and I only I think he's only going to get better. I think he's at nine for me, but I understand if, the, if this is high. You can make an argument for everybody on that line to be in the top ten. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, and I'm being except, so except Andre Dillard or Jake Driscoll. But eh. I don't know. Don't 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 do that. The Jake All right, Driscoll. I got. Uh, I think it was Stevie's honorable mention at my nine. Got David, Davy B. I respect I, th- it. I think the fact that he came off, like, the injury and only, like, I mean, it limited him. That's why I think he's lower because, mm-hmm. like, he really didn't, like, play that much. But um, And that's why he's not in my top ten. Yeah, but limited. he didn't allow it a sack or a hit all season. So, I mean, a surrender yeah. ten hurries. I mean, that's – And I'll tip the cap to him. The point to go off of what you're saying, the fact that the Packers O-line played tremendously better when he came out yeah. from the I injury. Like it almost like they needed him in order to yeah. function. I mean, they still have Elton Jenkins. I think he he's a another guy that did not make this list. That I think next year could be on this list. He's I know plays a lot of guard, but could play tackle, could play center. Um, he's he's one of the best utility offensive linemen. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts, Billy? Top five He's here. working, working on, on his it. top five. Now going to number eight. I'll right, help you out. Six, I have six, though. I'm going to be honest. You have six. Gonna, All right. Sounds good. Six, that's what I'm going to tune in. Sounds number good. eight, I got Ryan Ramschak. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. I almost put him on this list. I, I really to. want I to. love Ryan Ramschak. He is one of the best right tackles. Not the best right tackle. One of the best right tackles in the game. Uh, just consistent, consistent offensive alignment since he's coming in the league 2018. I agree. I blame Paraway. He talked me out of it. No. Oh. Unbelievable. Well, you told you to put Ronnie Stanley in there? No, 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 no. In fact, he said Ronnie Stanley wasn't top 10. Sure. So, but now, Ryan Ramchek, I just love how he plays the position. He's such, such a physical run blocker at the right tackle position. Holes are created behind him. Yep. And having, having an O line of Eric McCoy. And Ryan Ramchick on the same side. I mean, oh, man. And Cesar Ruiz. Excuse me. I forgot Cesar Ruiz. Cesar Ruiz is probably not going to touch top 10. But, oh, but he's, yeah. again, that right, Solid O-line. That Solid right side right of the O line is why the Saints are going to be able to compete. I agree. All right. My, my eight easily can be like five or six, but I'm a stubborn Philly fan. I'm throwing Zach Martin at eight. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, personally, at my eight, I got Tristan Wirfs from the Bucks. Um, I understand why you maybe wouldn't want to put him this high, but I-, I think when he's out there, he's performing well. He's performing well above expectation, in my opinion. Um, and I think he was one of the only guys, when he was playing, that was playing for Tom, 
trying to win some games down there. Uh, I, and I think he's only going to get better. The enthusiasm. I think he's only going to get better. I guess I'm really high on Wirfs. No, I love oh, really? Is he high on your list? He's way higher on my list. Here's where my input could come in, because I think Tristan Wirfs is one of the best left tackles in the NFL. I think he plays right tackle. No, he plays left, doesn't he? He plays both. He does play both. I know when they won the Super Bowl, he played left. Because I remember that. Then he moved to right. I don't know. Well, but, I don't know. But. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Well, wherever Tommy said to go, hey, Tristan. Yeah. And he, right Tristan said, okay, sure. And he blocked for him. Anyone, anyway. anyone, who said, can protect, anyone who can protect my guy like he did for the last few years has got my respect. Oh, yes. And he's a Big Ten guy. So Ryan, Ryan Jensen wasn't on my list. You know how much that hurt to not put Ryan Jensen on the list? There's I mean, so many good linemen. I know. It's, this I was know. hard. Like, this was really difficult. Go to my number seven. I had to go. I had to go with him. Because, it, it, honestly, it's because of the, the last play of the season, the last big play of the season for him. Coming up on that, big, on that big pull, week 18 on Sunday Night Football, I'm talking about my guy, Penny Sewell. Oh. <laughs> Penny Sewell is such a great tackle, oh. and he's going to be higher on this list next year. He could be number one on this oh. list next year, but Penny Sewell is fantastic. I, like I love watching him play. Oh, my God. It's his footwork, his hands. He just dominates. If he makes the best all-pro and Pro Bowl DNs look silly. Yeah. He but makes he, them look he, pedestrian. He, it's like, he, how did I not have him on Creative guy, or is he just oh. straight, straight uh, lunk? Just him, man. It's What? I said, is he like a creative guy, or is he just like a straight lunk in your he's, face? He's, he's kind of both, no, he's, honestly. Yeah. Like a little finesse tool. He's still. light. Oh, he's I, I mean, light you on see his that feet. diving catch? The diving catch? <laughs> that too. But, I mean, I, that's probably week 18 of him coming around the, the hook and ladder and just completely destroying the safety of the corner in the same block. Yeah. Not, not many guys can do that. And I think the guys above him on this list are some of the only guys that can do that. Yeah. Uh, at my <laughs> seven, I've got... This is where I have Quentin Nelson. Right. Um, I know we talked about like he didn't have a great year, but he still had a good year even when it was a down year. Um, I think he's going to bounce back. He's going to be a staple on that Colts O-line for years to come. He can get traded whatever he wants to. <laughs> True. Just out. Uh, Jim Irsay, please do it. Yeah. So Trade him in the fourth pick. For like, it. like I said, I understand that it's you know a little bit of a, of a down year, but – at the end of the day, I don't think that really matters too much for him. I think he's going to bounce back, and we're gonna he's going to be back to the all-pro form. Yeah. Are we on seven or six? Seven? We're seven. on seven. All right. Uh, I think he's probably one of the top right tackles, so I'm, I'm going to throw him a seven. Uh, Ryan Ramchek. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Respect. Pick. Number six, I got Creed Humphrey. Uh, I, I don't think he's top five yet, but he's definitely him when it comes to singing. I got Jordan Mailata. Oh yeah, I That's love fair. it. Jordan again. Jordan was the guy he's top five out. Yet, but like, uh, at six, uh, I have Joel Bentonio from the Browns. Um, I think him and um, Wyatt on that line, they're they're gonna cause havoc. I mean, and I think Bentonio's just been great. I mean, the way he blocks in the run game for Chubb, and I mean, he played so well protecting Jacoby Brissett this season. Um, and, and it's crazy to keep saying that I think these guys are just going to keep getting better. I know Batonio has been in the league f- 10 years now, yeah. at least. It's felt so, like that. He's been in there longer than a lot of the guys, a couple of the guys on this list, but I think he deserves it. I don't think he's quite top five, but I think he deserves it. 
Reg, you got six. Number six. This is gonna. This might. This might annoy some people, but he gets extremely overlooked because he's on a really bad football team. Probably the worst football team can in I the guess? NFL. Is yes, you can. Tunsil? It is. It is. And I understand he obviously he doesn't get the recognition that he deserves because number one, offensive linemen never get the recognition they deserve, and being on that bad of a team, it makes it even harder to get it. But. If you really, because when I watch when I watch the NFL, I watch the offensive line. That that's what I pay attention to the most. And when I I don't watch the Texans often, but when I'm watching the red zone and they're on, and I see him, I'm looking at this here online. It's his third Pro Bowl appearance in his career. This guy does it. He's not really flashy. He doesn't make those crazy athletic plays, but he moves people. And he goes up against some of the best pass rushers in the NFL, and he beats them. He's one of the few. I would say bright lights of the Houston Texans organization right now. And if they're going to build around anyone, he's the guy to do it for. And there's a reason why they traded all those picks for him so many years ago. Because they knew he's going to be a franchise left tackle. And, again, one of those guys that I thought of just missed the cut. Yeah, it, it was really tough. If this was like a split, like interior and then tackle, mm-hmm. he, he would, he would probably been. be – he, he would definitely would be my top ten. Put it this right? way. If he was on a team – if he was on the Philadelphia Eagles, he would 100% be, I think, a, considered a top five offensive lineman in the NFL. You're probably right, right. Probably right. Or the Kansas City Chiefs. A team – a high-powered offense, if he was on any of them, I think he would be looked at as one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. Well, when he's oh. protecting Bryce Young. Yeah, yeah, that's when we're going to see. Maybe. We'll see. But he's going to be going against uh, – Roy Robertson Harris, good old Trayvon Walker, good old Josh Allen, the better Josh Allen. Oh boy, there's five. Breaking it <laughs> top five. Here <laughs> we go. To five. I had Joel Petonio. Nice. And this this could be a hot take, but I think him and Wyatt Teller are the best guard tandem in the in the NFL. I don't think that's a hot take. I, I really I think you might be right. Just two the studs, best two guards like on the same team. Yeah, I, I think you might be right. And I, I the st- when I first started this list, I had Wyatt Teller right behind him. I really did. And then I'm thinking like, oh wait, this guy. Oh wait, this guy. And then it just kept going down, down, and then eventually, yeah. But <laughs> no, I mean I respect it. Uh, at five, this is where I have Zach Martin. Um, I like that. I just he deserves it, man. And he does. like. As an Eagles fan, having to play against him so often, it, it's so tough. But you got to respect the greatness. and like He's been a staple on that line, and he's, he's still got a couple years left in him. So A couple seasons, I guess. So He deserves to be top five. I don't know if this guy had as uh, good as a season as his rookie campaign, but at five I got Tristan. Was it Tristan Wirfs? That is, yep. Tristan Wirfs. Yep. Tristan Wirfs. <laughs> I just feel like, <clears throat> like if you have a good season, the confidence is going to come and, like, if anything, like technical errors, you can clean up. But just having a good foundation, I think, puts him at five for me. And he's yeah. like, promising. Respect. Number five is where I have Creed Humphrey. I like that. I think he's the second best center in the NFL. I think what he does, he's violent. He's nasty. He's smart. He can call out a protection like nobody else. He's a leader. And I think he is one of the main reasons, and this gets overlooked as well, that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl this year because yep. he's the reason – the center is the leader. He's in charge of everything. You know this as a center. He, and they gave up zero sacks to the best defensive line in football and one of the best defensive lines I've ever seen in my 20 years of watching the NFL. And I think that he's just going to get better and better and better as the years go on. He's in the right place. He's with the right people. 
It's a lot, oh man. And I think that he's going to be in the top three in a year from now. I'm going to put he's going to be in my top three in the, on this list. That's fair because some of these guys ahead of him Respect. are going to retire soon. Yeah, and that's yeah, fair. exactly. Yeah. Um, and speaking of some of those guys ahead of the list that are going to retire soon, number four, I got Lane Johnson. Uh, even through injury, he was still the best tackle in the playoffs. So, there, there, I mean, he's been doing it consistently for for a decade now. There's not much else to say. Lane Johnson, surprisingly, not my best left tackle in the league. But is it surprising? Yeah, I mean, I get he play, No, he plays right. He plays right he? tackle. He does play right? At least. Yeah. He's definitely my best right tackle. Yeah, he's, he's not my best right tackle. That's okay. Uh, at four, this is where I have, I have Creed Humphrey. I agree. I think there's three guys that are above him that, you know, at least two are going to be out the door soon. So Yes. There's, and what what has already been said about Creed Humphrey needed to be said. He's my number four. Fellas? Um, I just at, I have my top three, so I might be going to say four. And my number four is where I put Zach Martin. Okay. I'm one of the biggest Cowboy haters you'll ever meet, but I respect, I respect him because I've been watching him for quite some time now, too, it feels like. And every single year I watch him. I, I never see a decrease in him. He's no. never. like all the other guys on this never. list. He has the tools. He's nasty, smart, violent, aggressive. That's what you need to be a very good offensive lineman in the NFL, and he's got it. He's been doing it for a while, and he hasn't slowed down. I mean, I hate the Cowboys. Trust me, I hate them. Same but, respect. But you got to respect. You got to respect the Fat Boy Gang, baby. At my three, um, and it was really like. Fun to, like I watched this player grow with this city, Lane Johnson. Like at first he he really I don't know if you could tell like, he was more of a but like as soon as that like underdog thing hit and he really yeah. just embodied it and he he just took off from there. I, and I just I have like a real like feel like a close connection with how he resonates with the people. So I'm gonna put him three. For That's me. fair. Yeah, I respect that. Uh, he's also my number three. Me so. as well. Same same reasons. Uh, I mean, he's really just embodied that uh, underdog. Uh, mentality. title mentality and he, he's just he, I mean wow I mean the way he stuck it out this season with his injury and like you said was still a top tackle a he, top he offensive was lineman in the I league. will say he was probably the best offensive lineman in the playoffs this year I I mean he was top three in the uh, he was yeah. a top three in the playoffs and top three on my list yeah. number three going to number three for me I have the guy who protected Tom Brady the last three years Tristan Wirfs I think I don't hate it. when he is playing at the best of his game, he is the best tackle in the league. And I, I had him as a right tackle because I, I thought that's what he played. But, again, I mean, either one, left tackle, right tackle, doesn't really matter. Tristan Wirfs is still that dog. He still moves like he's a tight end. Yeah, and he's 6'5", 320, 310. So he's just an incredible athlete. I loved watching Tristan Wirfs, and he moves he moves people like they're nothing, like they're cones out there. Yeah, there, there's not much else to say about Tristan Wirfs. I just he's just an incredible I, athlete. I respect that, and you know, guys, I feel like our two, it's it's the same people in the yeah. two. Yeah, two two and one are probably the same. Right. Well, it depends maybe, if we have maybe different. Flips. Maybe flipped, but it's the same two guys, yeah. right? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll go first at two. I Cam got Robinson. <laughs> Oh, wait, G sorry. Greg Little? No. Uh, at two, <laughs> I've got Jason Peters. I got Trent Williams at two, and I got Jason Kelsey at one. Yep. And I, that's why great minds think alike, Stevie, because that's the exact order I got it. Well. well, I have it reversed. But right. <laughs> I, I mean, think yeah. 
Jason Kelsey is probably, I'm going to be honest, my favorite offensive lineman I've ever watched play the game of football. I agree. He's undersized, and he's still the best. He's the smartest player, and he's the smartest offensive lineman. He's the most, I would say, has the most skill out of any offensive lineman, and his story is the best, man. I mean, walk-on. He was a walk-on. Walk-on at Cincy. Was always told he was too small, this and that, and now look at him. He's a Hall of Fame center. How many times? I don't even know how many times he's been an All-Pro. I can't even. I've lost count. Super Bowl champ. Not much else to say about either of these two guys, who are both very, 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 very yeah. highly respected yeah. players at their position. Definitely both the two number one players at their position, but I put him and over Trent absolutely. Williams. I think you can put this as a 1A, 1B. Yes. Yeah. 100% I agree. agree. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I yeah. agree. I'll, I'll go with that. I'll go 1A, 1B. And a good reason for that is because, like, obviously they both play in the O-line, but one's the best tackle, one's the best center. It's it, too complete. It's, it, yeah. Even though it's the same unit, two completely different positions and between I, left tackle and center. I, I just think what Trent Williams also had to go through. I mean, he battled cancer. That is true. And was and still able to come back and mm-hmm. still able to play football at the highest level that he's playing at right now. Both of these guys have just yeah. amazing, amazing stories. Yeah. Like so, amazing journeys. I mean, just incredible for both guys. I hope Trent Williams gets a ring, too, by the time he's... I hope he does, too. He can come to Jacksonville whenever he wants. He deserves it. I don't think I don't think he I think he's happy where he is. I'm gonna be honest. No, no, he can come to Jacksonville. He can get one with an actual quarterback, or an actual coach that knows how to win a Super oh, Bowl. Actual quarterback. I think he's okay Long with uh, protecting either Brock Purdy, opening up holes for CMC, Debo, whoever it is. But I think I think I don't think he's going anywhere. But Trevor, can't wait for a top ten wide receivers. That that's gonna break down the house. Hot take: <laughs> Is Debo top ten? I don't know. I don't think so. He's a top ten playmaker. See, a top 10 wide receiver. No. He's, he's a top 10 playmaker. Devonta Smith is better than him at wide receiver. I'll say, I'll tell you that for free. I take Devonta Smith over Debo Samuel. I'll tell you that for free. Wow. All right, guys. All right, fellas. Yeah, you can. Yeah, well, we're going to take a short little break. That's our top 10 alignment. And that's the last time you, you get to hear the NFL before break. Boo! Hey, listen. The, NA, the NHL I, I get it. It's okay. trade, I get deadline, it. trade deadline is Big tens. on March 3rd, and we got some college wrestling to talk about on Friday. Of course, we'll get you more of that then. But for now, we're going to take a short little break. When we come back, we got some more UFC 285 talk. I know Cody's here. He's hyped. He's always hyped to talk John Jones, but we got other matchups to talk about too. This is the Letterman here on 90.7 WCOH. Keep it locked. This is Ryan Martell with The Letterman. If you want to catch all the action, be sure to follow us on Spotify at WCLH The Letterman. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WCLH The Letterman. And tune in from 12 to 2 every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on 90.7 WCLH. Keep it locked. See ya. And we're back here on 90.7 WCOH. Cody, you got to take... There you go. 
That was funny. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. I had the actual Bluetooth headphones over the wired ones, but I'm good. We're here. Yeah. I got the monster in hand. It's ice cold. Oh, what time? What kind of monster? <sighs> Zero sugar, the white can. That, that, what, what flavor? Hot zero sugar. That's all it says. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't. I'm not. A, big, I don't know much about monster. Big monster guy. Big oh. monster guy. Well, you're you're a monster. Listen, we have like a <laughs> hundred monsters to talk about in this UFC card. I was gonna say. Uh, I know you, Mr. Billy Cosner, and Lance Priestess have been talking about this card the last two days, just constantly. Yeah, I, I. Even the prelims of this card are incredible. This whole card is incredible, and here's the thing that nobody understands. Next week, we go right to London. Kamaro Usman yeah. and Leon Edwards 3. Sadly, we will not be able to talk about that before the fights, but we will probably After. come back Monday and Wednesday to talk about it. Yeah, but like that's going to be an absolute blowout of a card. Like I cannot wait for that one. Just great back-to-back weeks for, for UFC. Well, the good thing is, is it's two main cards, like two real big pay-per-view cards. It's not a big pay-per-view card and then maybe two or three uh, fight nights. So like that's the good thing for me we got two weekends of like intense ufc yeah we do <laughs> i know we don't <laughs> dude this is the best time of the year for me at least and any other What's combat the- sport athletes we got i mean you just said it before the break but we got a huge wrestling week this week and next weekend and we got a huge ufc weekend and we got a huge UFC weekend next weekend. And let's not forget, baseball's back in March. Mm-hmm. You got March Madness on top of March Madness. Yep. The NBA's going to f- start cooking up soon. Like, you can't beat it. It's the best time March, of the year for sports. Great time for sports. We love March and April. And we love Volpone. Yeah, I was going to say it to my dude, because I didn't say it to you last week, but you and Lance killed the wrestling commentary I killed it you, man. i really do i tried my best i tried you had a fantastic you you were fantastic you and lance you guys were both dressed up like it was it was you guys were getting paid for it like it was it I was nice be. whoa 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 listen i'm just saying that they dressed very nice <laughs> like very nice suit and tie jacket it was awesome absolutely lance had to take the jacket off he started to sweat a little bit i could see it was getting intense oh yeah you know what I mean? We had the two boys. Energy, energy was absolutely fire, if I can't say so myself. Yeah. Packed out crowd. We had the WCLH boys sitting on the king side. Oh, right. Right in the section. Planted planted the, the Wilkes Colonel flag. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was a great time. I just had to get that off my chest again. That was a great time. I saw him at the – I was in the sauna, and I saw dicks, you know. Had a nice little chat, too. It was fire. Yeah. Good to see the guy. Always. But, Martel, you want to go right into it? Yeah, we'll get right into it. Come on. Okay, I'm going. I'm anced up, bro. I know you are. We're going to start with one of two title fights. <laughs> Wait, is the first one? Yeah. John Jones' title. Okay, I was just making sure. Valentino Shevchenko is facing Alexa Grasso. And I know we were talking about this earlier, so this is probably going to be very short and sweet for this one. But this is Shevchenko's division. And we're at the point where she has dominated all the top talent. So now all the young, up-and-coming talent has to face her. Well, I was watching... I forgot to send you the videos, but I was watching a podcast like last week or something like that. And uh, it was talking about how 
Alexa is probably the girl that can give Valentina like the most struggle, but she's just not ready yet. I think this title fight is way too soon for her. She should probably go through like another. I'd probably say two big fights in the top five. She's you know not what even I mean? thirty yet. She's only twenty nine. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the girl is just too young. You like you can't go into a fight against Valentina Shevchenko and not be in your prime. And this girl is just she's she's getting there. Yeah, she's just not there yet. And like this is going to be a confidence destroyer for her because she's going to go out there. And I, I talked about it with yeah. you this morning. She's going to go out there and get smoked. Unless I mean, some, some crazy thing happens, but, like, Valentina is on point, and everybody's pushing for her to move up a weight and, and, and go challenge somebody else for, for a double belt. Yeah, like, we're waiting for something else, like a, a, a super fight. I mean, her last loss was... Um, uh, I, I, I can't answer that. No, who'd you <laughs> just say? I'm sorry, I'm calling a blank. Amanda. Yeah, her last loss was Nunes, so, like... She's went out there. She's absolutely killed the division. I think her last fight was a lot closer than people say because she got out-wrestled. But I think that with her still winning that fight and getting smoked in the wrestling, she might come out here and absolutely wrestle the heck out of Alexa Grasso and maybe even submit her within three. But I don't see this fight going championship rounds. I really don't see this fight getting out of two, to be completely honest. Yeah, well, the the thing for Shevchenko is that Alexa Grasso is not a known ground ground uh, fighter yeah she likes to keep it on the feet uh i mean she could she has some good defense but i mean you're not facing shevchenko every day when you're defending yeah so i mean i i i will say like height wise and you know reach wise and all it's that down. she matches up she matches up well she's same height same reach whether it's leg reach or hand reach or arm reach so she, they're basically the same build. The problem is the difference in striking. Yes. Like Valentina, Which, like strikes, like an advanced male striker. Yeah. You don't see many girls going out there throwing spinning back kicks and question mark kicks and stuff like that. And like, I mean, Holly Holm is like an exception because that girl had some really good kickboxing. But mm -hmm. Valentina is is a hundred percent on a different level when it comes to the striking. She's just very advanced. Yeah. And like backing up on like what he said, and we touched on it earlier, like. I feel like, yeah, there can be young champions, but, like, the experience and, like, being a champion is probably around, like, the 31, 32 yeah. age-ish. And that comes because you got to get experience. Yeah. I feel like Valentina just, like, she's that physical and has that much dominance because she's been in the game longer. Now, if <coughs> I, I can see a world where Grosso does compete with Jeff Shevchenko. Mm-hmm. Where she can just completely bamboozle us and go, yeah, we're gonna go championship rounds. I still think at that point, even if like if this goes to full twenty five, I think Shevchenko's taking it. I would th I would think so. Yeah, I don't think we we don't know until obviously Saturday. But and like I said, that's the best case scenario is yeah. to go full twenty five, survive the ring in the ring with her for twenty five. I mean, it would probably be unanimous. If it's a split decision, that's even better. And that's going, okay, I can't compete with Shevchenko. I can't compete with these top. Her only shot in this fight is if she wins two or three wrestling exchanges. Yeah. Because if you're at least an advanced fighter, you should be able to control somebody on the ground for at least a couple of minutes with, with some experience or 
a lot of experience, like you should be able to hold somebody down. Yeah. But like I said, the caliber of fighter that Valentina Shevchenko is is on a different level. Yeah. I mean, I every that. Vegas is writing her off. Shevchenko is a six ten favorite. Yeah. And I expect it to get larger as the year as the week goes on because Monday when I checked, it was five ten, yeah. like five hundred, something like that. So. It's hard. It's it's hard because. Like you don't want to just write off these other fighters because, and I mean, I'll bring it to the to the Volkanovski fight with uh, with Islam. Like a lot of people wrote him off as like the smaller dude and he's not going to win, but he went out there and like handedly beat Islam in my personal opinion. But I don't see that happening with Grasso and or Grasso and Valentina. I just think it's going to be a one sided domination fight. Yeah. And like I said, unless I mean prediction, I'm going second or third round sub. That's fine. Valpo. Third round, TKO. Say that again. Third round, TKO. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with... Because hmm. there, there is a there is something in me that wants to see Grasso compete. Because she is a good fighter. But then there's the other part of me that's going, Shevchenko's going to finish her in the second round. Yeah. With a submission. I just say, yeah, no, I fixed my wrestling. Mm-hmm. Okay, Nunes, let's go. <laughs> I really think that's the next fight they make. I think they ha- I think that she needs that. Because you can't, like, yeah, it would be cool to run your division and for another five years, but you need to show other people, like, hey, like, if I want to be the best woman fighter ever, I need to beat the best woman fighter ever. Yeah. I'm sad to announce this. I, f- I kind of forgot. I do have a meeting, so I do have to bounce. That's fine. But it was great to see the boys. See you later, King. I'll be back Friday, and you already know what for. For an hour. NHL trade deadline talk. The captain and Volpone will be here. The captain. The captain. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, getting back into it. Now, this fight you're really excited about, too. We're going to talk about... I think I might be more pumped for this fight than I am about the main event. Interesting. I'm serious. This, This is such a great card. Even, I mean, because you guys talked about Gamrot and Turner yesterday uh, throughout the group. We're not going to talk about them. I know we already talked about Bo Nickel. Uh, we're going to talk about Jeff Neal, number seven ranked welterweight fighter against Shavkat Rachmanov. Shavkat, that's my boy right that's now. That's your boy. Number nine fight, fighter in the welterweight. He is undefeated out of Uzbekistan. Man. He's the next Hamzat Chemaev. If Hamzat Chemaev is out of 170 pounds and he's not fighting there anymore, this is the next Hamzat Chemaev. He's good. He is solid. He is ridiculously solid. Yes. And here's the thing. What are the odds on this fight? I know it's bad. Shavkat is right now minus 490. And I can tell you, again, on Monday when I was doing some research on this, he was at 410. Dude. So, again, Vegas is going heavily with Shavkat right now. And I know you had a hot take, and I'll gladly give you a sticky note. Yeah, I'll write nice, it down. And a nice little a pen. pen. Shavkat Rachmanov is going to be your 170-pound undisputed UFC champion. Mark my words. By when? Bro, if he goes out there and, and smokes Jeff Neal like I think he is, I, I honestly think he's one more fight away from a, a UFC title. If he goes out there and beats Jeff Neal and finishes him within 
within the three rounds, I think that that shoots him up to at least top five. And with, with their, like, his next fight after that could possibly be for a UFC title. I literally, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. And I'm going to be honest, I don't think anybody in the division has anything for him. Ooh, not yet. Or just in general. And I really hate saying that because I'm a Kamaru Usman fan. I love Leon Edwards. But this guy's wrestling is on a whole nother level. His cardio is through the roof. And his kickboxing is incredible. The guy throws spinning back kicks. He's got very, 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 very accurate leg kicks. Um, question mark kicks, spinning head kicks. Like, this guy's got it all. He's got very good striking. His clinch game is insane. Um, elbows, tight and hard knees to the gut. The, like only, this, the only thing that's going to stop him is his, his own confidence. Nah, Which, it's nah. I watched a documentary last night with my girl, and like, bro, he says that he's part of his his nickname is the Nomad, which is basically another word for like a traveler. Yeah, I know. you know what I mean. Doesn't have his home, all that so stuff. So like, he calls himself one of the ancient nomads, and like, he like they're war war like people, and they go out there and they have to survive and all this other stuff. And I'm like. I think of Hamzat Chemaev. I literally think of the same person. And I've been talking about Scav, uh, Shavkat Rachmanov for probably six months now. Like, this guy is legit. He is so good. And it just sucks because he hasn't had a chance to go out there and actually, like, fight somebody high caliber. I mean, his last fight was Neil Magny, and he went out there and subbed Neil Magny in, like, three. And he wasn't even, like, close within the first three, three rounds. Three rounds or three minutes? Within the first three rounds. Oh, okay. Like, but well, it wasn't Because this, this is only going to be a three-round bout. But it wasn't even close. You know what I mean? And Jeff Neal is a really good fighter. I think that with the pressure that Shavkat's going to bring, I think he's going to be fighting off his back foot the whole time, which, again, sucks because Jeff Neal, I don't think he can really fight off the back foot. No. And I, I, think, I think this could be a round one TKO. I think this could be performance of the night, fight of the night, or not fight of the night, but performance of the night. And I, I do I do believe that. He's 16-0 with 16 finishes. He's got 100%. Yeah. Bonus rate. Yeah, no, that's that's insane. He has never been to a decision. Never. In 16 fights. I don't know how many of that is UFC. I think four of them are UFC. But here's the thing. Like, this guy was a champion in the other promotion that he was in. And, like, he did the same thing that he's doing to the guys in the UFC. Yeah. Like, it's not close. His average fight time is 6.30. And uh, you know what? If I was a betting man, <laughs> which I'm not, I would take the under on this fight being finished before 6.30. Yeah. Because I would say under two rounds. Under the first minute in the second round. Because he, he's just going to dominate. Jeff Neal cannot compete with him. I, I, don't, I don't know... Jeff Neal's a good fighter. Like, Jeff Neal's a good fighter. He's a very good fighter. But He's in the top 10 of the UFC and one of the hardest weights. He cannot compete with Shavchat. I don't. Shavkat. I don't. I don't think so either. And the crazy part is, is like this guy, he doesn't look very strong. He's just a very, he's a big and thick individual. Like mm -hmm. that's a, that's the thing about these, these Russian guys is they're just thick, strong human beings. Like they don't lift weights. They, they work. And, like, that's the difference. And I, and I keep trying to explain it to people. Everybody's talking about lifting weights and doing this. And you know who I compare the Russians to from the United States? Bryce Mitchell. 
The kid just goes out there and does farm work, bro. Takes care of animals, goes out there, cuts firewood, throws firewood around, throwing hay. Like, he does man work, and that's why he's so strong. And it's the same reason with these these Russians. Like, if you watch their workout videos, nothing has to do with weights. It's, like, hill sprints, and they have, like, a modified wooden shoulder press thing that they do for quick reps. And, like, they throw around heavy rocks and, like, like caveman workouts and stuff. And that's why these guys are so strong because the stuff that they do, it's not modified for one body part. It's the whole body. It's a whole body workout. Yeah. Squeezing their core. It's cardio involved. Like, high pace. That's why these guys are so good. They train differently. He's going to absolutely destroy Jeff Neal. <laughs> he, he, like, it, it's – like, I, I just – just I'm convincing you. Watching no, not even that. Just watching the film this morning. Like I said, I I I, I called you at ten. I said I'm, all I'm going to do is watch the film yeah. and tell you what happens. He he's on a different planet. Yeah. Than Jeff Neal. I really want to see him fight. And him. I like. Don't get me wrong. I love Usman, and I think Leon Edwards are again top fighters. And this guy compete can com- compete with those guys. I I don't know if I want to say he can beat Usman. Because Usman, I think, is a top five pound for pound, for pound fighter in the UFC. He got caught by Leon Edwards, and I think next week, I'll, I'll say now, I think Usman gets the, the title back. I hope he doesn't. I really don't. I, 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 I know a lot Leon. of people don't want him to, but I think, I again. I, I think want Leon to hold it. He deserves it. Leon, don't get me wrong. Leon does deserve it, and he definitely deserves getting that title. He, he got him. He finished him. But if you go back to that fight, Usman controlled most of that fight. He let his guard down because it was the last minute of the fight, and Edwards caught him. I don't think that that fight goes more than three rounds. I think Usman's going to make sure he feels pain. Uh, it's, I think that that's probably the most realistic like option for that fight. But yeah. again, like I hope Leon goes out there and handles business. He's in his hometown, like not his hometown, but he's in like his home yeah. country. I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see, and we'll talk about it in a couple weeks. But I mean, that that's just my opinion on the fight. Going to this fight. If, if this somehow gets the round two, I give props to Jeff Neal. I'm going round three sub. I'm going. Round I'm going to give Jeff Neal the benefit of the doubt because he is a good fighter. But I think the 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 previous experience in other organizations with championship fights and the way that this guy is mentally, I mean, he's one of the best prospects in the welterweight division, 100. percent And I think that sucks because Chael Sonnen was talking about it yesterday. If you post a video about Shavkat Rachmanov and it's not a highlight video, are you going to click it? And, like, the majority of the answer is is no. But the guy doesn't speak English, and he doesn't promote fights, which sucks because he's literally, like, championship material. It's just he doesn't have that following behind him just yet because he doesn't speak English and he can't hype up fights. But, like, that's the guy. If he had, like, a Hamzat Shemaev personality, they would give him a title fight right now. That's, like, how good he is. He's worth it. And I think with a round one TKO, that is my prediction. With a round one TKO, it's realistic. He's gonna he's gonna look at them after the Usman Edwards fight and say, "I'm facing one of those two. Yeah, I hope so. It, it doesn't even have to be the champion fight. Could be whoever loses. Let me face them and pr- and prove his worth. Because right now, I think those are the two best guys in the welterweight division. Obviously, some other news that I want to bring up. I know we we said we were gonna talk John Jones, but like. We don't really need to. I mean, we already know what's going to happen with that fight. I mean, we already talked about it on... We did. Although, I do... The odds have gone down in favor of John Jones for Cyril Gans. 
he's the favorite now, right? So you're gone. Well, John Jones is still the favorite, at minus one fifty five. But when we talked Monday, it was at minus two oh five. Okay. So Cyril Gon's getting more respect, which I, I do have to agree. I won't be surprised if Cyril Gon wins this. I really won't. I, I Me think neither. He's a very good fighter. This could I don't I don't want to say this could go decision just because we all know what John Jones can do. But at the same time, Cyril Gon has a chin. And he could I wouldn't say dominate on the ground, but he can control the game on the ground, control the match on the ground. I don't think so. I think it's completely two different sides of the fight. I think John Jones is maybe not the better striker. I think he's the more precise striker, but he might not yeah. have the same qualities he, that Cyril Gaon has. He throws bigger blows but than Cyril Gaon. I feel that when it comes to the ground, it's like not even close. It's it's literally like an, an amateur wrestler fighting or wrestling an experienced wrestler. Cyril like. Gaon's always loss was Francis Ngannou, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Does it say it's only his one loss? He only has one loss. Yeah, so yeah, it's against Nganu. But like the wrestling is completely different. Like Nganu out wrestled him in every position, held him down on the ground. Imagine what John Jones can do. That's like the thing yeah, that people Yeah, but he's he's also been working on his wrestling since that match. Francis Nganu is not a wrestler and I don't care how long you need like years of experience to understand like the little things about wrestling, knowing where to put your hips and knowing what to control. You know what I mean? Like, the feel of somebody trying to get up and knowing when they're going to maybe go back to the ground or whatever. Like, it's a feel thing. Yeah. Francis Ngannou doesn't have that feel yet. He might know how to do a double leg and high crotch, an outside single or whatever. But, like, you don't know how to control somebody's hips like John Jones does, who's, like, I think he's a two-time national champ, whatever, whatever. Like, he's a very decorated wrestler and collegially and high school-wise. And, like, the, the guy is a beast. When he hits the ground... I think that it's completely game over for Cyril Gaon. I think he's either going to get subbed or he's going to get beat up to death. On the feet, though, it's close. Yeah. It's it's close. That's why I like the odds right now. It's close. And the, well, the, I guess what I meant was the grappling. He can, he can hold his own in the grappling, too. It's a toss-up, bro. We'll see how yeah. much grappling he did this camp because that will really determine everything. Yeah. But I mean, because I – for a fact, Cyril Gaon has worked on his wrestling. Is it again? Is it going to be up to the par with John Jones? Probably not. But again, if you can survive and control, the way that he knocked out Taito Ivasa makes me nervous because of his lateral movement, bro. Yeah. He's so fast, mm -hmm. and I like I said, I've like, John Jones. I don't think John Jones has faced a fighter that's as laterally quick as him. No. 100% he hasn't. Dominic Reyes is probably the closest option, but Dominic Reyes was, more, yeah. was more in and out fakes mm -hmm. than left and right. Like, Cyril Gaon is really quick, and he has a bounce to him. And John Jones hasn't fought anybody with, like, a bounce, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, you know no, I, I, mean? I know what you Like a Muay Thai, like a Muay Thai yeah. style. He's got like, if Cyril Gaon has, is putting John Jones on his back foot, nah. that's scary. Nah, John Jones will control center. It'll be more Cyril Gaon fighting from the cage. You know what I mean? Lateral movement from the cage is John Jones control center, but like. But if it gets to the point where Cyril in the center controlling that and he's saying John Jones, where are you going? The problem is, is going to be when John Jones closes the distance because when it gets closed, John Jones has a reach. Yeah, the look at his arm reach. Oh yeah, I know. Eighty six inches. Eighty four and a half. Like, that's just ridiculous in itself. The guy has extremely long length. And his leg. Cyril Khan can compete with that because he, he he's not you know eighty four inches of reach, but he still has eighty one, eighty two. I like it that you're giving him the benefit of the doubt because I'm not. 
But I think it's just because I'm biased with John Jones that because I've fair. seen him fight forever and he's literally the goat. But who have I seen more recently? I've seen Cyril Gunn and I've seen yeah. what he's done to these fighters in the division. I haven't seen John Jones fight in a while. I mean, we and don't we don't know because ring rust is 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 also a thing. The other thing, and I saw I posted it on my Instagram yesterday, but um, somebody asked John Jones, "How does it feel?" to come back after a long layoff or whatever. And then he made a joke like, there's going to be fans, like recent fans in the UFC that have never seen John Jones fight. And he was like, how does that make you feel? And he was like, they should go do their research. And it came up with like eight or nine highlights of John Jones submitting yeah. people, like just making, just like killing them almost. Like it's crazy. Yeah. But John yeah, Jones was I'm talking not, about the fear, the fear factor. He was like, Light heavyweight didn't like he didn't wake up and he like feel like he had to go work out because he was so much better. He said heavyweight he feels like he has to get up and work out and do all this stuff because it's just a one punch knockout factor with heavyweight. And he was like, if he keeps his speed up and uses his wrestling and controls distance, he's like he'll be the heavyweight champion. Again, you need to do those factors with Cyril Gone. He's a bouncy fighter and it's gonna be hard for him to control. That's the other thing with the takedowns. Like if John Jones fakes Cyril Gaon is a bouncy fighter. He can still move off of his back foot. Like, mm -hmm. and I don't know how those takedowns are going to work. For me, I personally think it's going to be a, like a clinch takedown where he gets him up against the fence, digs for an underhook, yep. grabs low single, sits him to his butt, and then now we're in full mount. I think this goes championship rounds. I really do. Part of me says it does. I, I don't think it goes within three, though. I don't think it goes decision, though. I no. think this fight will be finished in the fourth or fifth round. How, though? I don't know. It's experience. The other thing, Cyril Gaon was gassed out after fighting Francis Ngannou. Like, and that I, fifth I, round, he looked bad. I think it'll go fifth round submission for John Jones. I can. This is realistically what I can see. A fifth round submission by John Jones. Just tiring out Gaon all day and then gets him on the ground finally on the, in the fifth round. Takes him down. Gets him. Or Cyril Gaon catches him. I'm leaning towards John Jones. I think yeah. it's within it's, three. It's, I think it's either a TKO or it's safer to go John Jones because we know what 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 we've seen with Cyril Gaon. We haven't seen that ability to him yet. But would I be surprised? No, because Cyril Gaon can be that guy. Outside and, of John Jones, I just want to say this because we only got a couple minutes left. But that's fair. Uh, Darren Till is officially removed from the ufc roster i saw that yeah. yeah and then i think one of uh khabib's um teammates got removed too i don't know how to say his name but i know one of his teammates got removed too those are the two mo most recent fighters that uh they've been removed fair enough <laughs> are you looking at it now no i'm not let me see oh no, I don't know the guy's name. I don't know the guy's name either. But, but yeah, Darren Till is off the roster, so that's kind of a, a bummer. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw a funny meme. It's okay. <laughs> um, man, I'm so hyped for this card. You know what? For the Searles listening, you're gonna, we're going to have to watch this on Saturday night. I'll be in Atlantic City, so. I know. We will be... Watching it on 86 inches of pure gold. Nice. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. That's all we have for this. 
Um, <laughs> wow, my mind just went blank right there. <laughs> nothing, Cody? Nothing? No, I mean, everything got hit on the nail, bro. Like, it's going to be a good card. And then, like I said, next week, Usman and Edwards. We got college wrestling coming up on Friday, too. Hype for that. Big Tens. Mm-hmm. Uh, EIWAs are this Saturday. Yep. So those are in Philly. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great weekend for like, like you said, March is a sports month. Yeah. We're gonna take a short little break when we come back. Jason Eberhart has another edition for his NBA power rankings. This is the Letterman here on ninety point seven WCLH. Keep it locked. <laughs> Welcome back to the Letterman here on 90.7 WCOH. We're now joined with Mr. Eberhart. Well, I get no intro today? Oh. Who's going to win it? The Celtics. Because there's no other reason why. The Celtics are the balls. Do you smell what the Zach is cooking? Yes, yes, yes. How we doing, boys? How we doing? How we doing? How we doing? What's up, Wilkes Bear? What's good, what's good? We're here for another staple of the Letterman. Jason's Power Rankings. Woo! Can't I got, wait, I'm man. Stepping on the, I'm stepping on the headphones. Stepping on the headphones. I'm stepping on the headphones that um he just used. So headphones to shoot. Unbelievable. All right, here we go. All right, just want to wrap them up. Go ahead, Jay. So I do want to point out before you begin that mm-hmm. Mr. Jason Everhart, before the show, was telling me that 8 through 26... Basically, if you look at like basically the same, yeah, go, go that's ahead, fair. It. No, that is, that is fair. I can't like. <clears throat> so I, I got take, to honestly. about. I don't know, cause some of like my eight nine, you you guys will see, they're they're pretty far above five hundred. But then when you when you start getting to like, uh, I would say like my number seventeen, and then like my ten through fifteen, and then you could even go. If I wanted to go past this, if we did a, a whole 30 power rankings, basically anyone besides, like, the Hornets, Pistons, Rockets, and Spurs, like, they could make a real argument to be in the top 15. Yeah. And I think that that's a good point. Marta, I don't know how you feel, but I think that's actually a really good point. No, I, I completely agree. Cause who you said your four teams are that don't really have an argument for the top 15? Uh, like Pistons, yeah. Hornets, yeah. Rockets, and Spurs. Yeah. yeah, I say really anyone besides that, like they're I mean, in contention for a playing spot. Every other team besides yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I, mean that I is fair. Yeah, I like how you didn't put the magic in there because yeah, the magic I, I definitely think deserve they, to be there. I think they make the play. You know who my yeah. argument was that kind of doesn't deserve to be there, and I think these are two teams that are probably should be seen in that light. But I just don't. I was gonna say the Lakers and the Hawks. 
but they kind of have to be there because the Hawks are definitely in a playing spot right now, and the Lakers are definitely fighting. Yeah, but well, I would well, say the LeBron Lakers being injured. That's in why the Lakers are kind of you kind of can drop them into that bottom tier because LeBron's not going to be there for yes. for a bit. Well, that's a very interesting point because I have the Lakers at fifteen. Well, LeBron's not there, so. <laughs> They looked competitive for stretches last night against the Grizzlies. I'll give them that. Um, There's I mean, only so AD, much you can do. AD when you're had on like a though. twenty and twenty game. I I know this. LeBron There's only so much you can do out. LeBron. I know. I agree. Like it sucks to put it that way, but that's the reality of where they are right now. There's only so much you can do without LeBron, and it sucks to put it that way. But it's the reality that they're living with right now. I don't hate that you put the Lakers there. But they don't have LeBron. Yeah. So they I were playing well before. They were playing well. They won three straight, I think, mm-hmm. before. They actually decided, like, hey, we're going to be a, fo- a basketball <laughs> team. We're going to not worry about LeBron getting a record. And then LeBron got hurt during the comeback against the Mavs. And then now the season's just I, – I feel like this is just just like the 2020 season again or the 2019 season where LeBron tried to, you know, get them mm-hmm. back in. And then it does got, feel like 2019 all and over then again. And got hurt, and now they're just going to let him sit. It does have a 2019 feel to it all over Because there's again. only, what, six weeks left of the regular season? It's not a lot. Something yeah. like that. I mean, most teams have less than 20 games left. Yeah. So, I mean, the Lakers do have the easiest strength of schedule. Really? They Or they're like top three, mm. easiest strength of schedule. So they could still make a push, and then LeBron plays in April, but... LeBron might not play in March, and if LeBron does not play in March, I just don't see this team making it or competing with for the play-in by the time LeBron does come back. Yeah. If, he even, if he does come back. For, so, where are they at on right now? How, they, what, how many games are they out of the play-in? They're one game. One game. It's very possible. Yeah. They can still make it. Yeah. And they can like, still who are those teams above them? The Pelicans, who have been just terrible, great, terrible. since January. The Jazz, who I think are eventually going to start falling off. They kind of have been. But the Timberwolves, yeah. we don't know what's going on with them. Mm. The Mavs, they still aren't clicking with Kyrie. and, and they'll, they'll figure it out. I'm not going to put bet the Mavs to fall out. I don't think they will just because they have but Luka. But the Lakers, if AD, if we can get some real AD out here, I mean, with that lineup, it's kind of was – that trade deadline really did help them build to be able to have something without LeBron. I mm. mean – you look at how the Pelicans have been playing. They could they could leapfrog the Pelicans. I could see that. Yeah, I can too. And then so. LeBron comes back. You don't want to see that team in the play-in. You you don't want to see this team in the playoffs. You don't. You don't. But I mean, right now at this moment, we kind of just can't put them. That was my only yeah, critique. That's mm-hmm. fair. Yeah. But continue to fourteen. I do have the Hawks. I do not trust this team come playoff time. I there has been a lot of reports recently that the chemistry between Trey Young and his other teammates. Has not been good at all. I wouldn't blame them. I mean, I I couldn't blame him. I mean, he was supposed to be brought. He's po- he's he's the face of the franchise. And one, I have a problem as a player when you can't play one side of the ball as the face of the franchise. You can all this bread. You got to be able to put a put a something up on the other side. And just he doesn't click. He rubs me off. He he rubs me off as Martel. You're gonna this comparison as a Spencer Rattler. I know this is a bad comparison. But he rubs me like that, and I don't like it. I don't know what people have against Spencer Rattler. He's a prick. Watch QB1. <laughs> we can't say that. I don't think he can. <laughs> it's not a bad word. <laughs> I don't know. It's not. <laughs> no. I mean, Is it I, I, would, no? I probably would have done it, too. 
Sure. Yeah. See? All right. I'm, I apologize. It's just 50 50. That's I terrible. apologize, but I have a lot of editing to do tonight. No, I don't. You have. All the editing. It's actually what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I know. I saw you earlier when you walked in doing some editing. Nah. Where can, where can they listen to the the show? They can listen, listen to the along. show on Spotify when you look up WCLH Letterman. You actually have to look up WCLH and it will pop up. I promise you. You look up the three letters and we're there. Four letters and we're there. Yeah. I found out what WCLH meant the other day. Yeah. Really? What this does shocked it mean? Wilkes College. Listening. Listening habits. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. No clue. Because apparently before we were university, that's what... Yeah, we were Wilkes College. We were Wilkes College. Yeah, we were Wilkes College. We were Wilkes College until the 90s. Yeah. Anyway. Wilkes College listening habits. Go to the the Hawks. It makes sense if it was an R, but I'm sorry. I don't don't hate that. Again, their their team on paper is supposed to be top five. I think Mm -hmm. we all had the Hawks top five at the start of the year. Usually. So, yeah. It's... They'll probably make the the playoffs at a seven or eight because mm-hmm. let's be honest, the you have the two best players probably in any playing series you go in with. Yeah, they out of everyone in the plan right now, I trust them the most, which and, is sad. And they they could probably sneak in as a six seed if they find some country. I like the Quinn Snyder edition. Yeah, and let's be honest, the Nets. So are, I do have a question. That's going to fall actually. off a cliff with Quinn Snyder. Is he taking over immediately? He should be there. I like thought he now. already is there. Yeah. But we'll we'll see what they can do. Could they move up on this list? Probably, but yeah. we'll see. Continue. Thirteen. This might be a little low. You guys might consider this a little low. I have the Clippers. I don't. Ah, uh, it's low, but I can understand why. I can understand their why. defense is what puts it there. Yeah. The, on paper, again, on paper, this team right now is a top four team in the West. Yeah. Yeah. But their defense is not there, and I don't know what's going on. There's no reason why the Kings should be shooting over 65% against you guys. There's no reason why the Kings should be scoring 176 on you if you have 175. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no reason. But it happened, and their defense is the reason why they're losing games. They've lost three straight. They lost four of five. And it's, it's not the offense. Kawhi's playing fantastic. Paul George had 40 the other night mm. even russ is doing his part ever since he came there yeah so it's not the offense problem it's their defense and if they don't fix that they're they're not going to go anywhere and so i agree i don't i wouldn't put them top 10 right. yeah uh moving on to number 12 it's the toronto raptors yeah i mean i think they're sitting in a series you're going ninth o- right now yeah in a series, you're going to always take the Clippers over them, but, I mean, I can understand why you have them ranked above yeah. them. That's what has to happen. I mean, I think they've won 8 of 10. Uh, I don't think they should have been buyers at the trade deadline, but they were and brought in Yaka Pirtle, and they've kind of skyrocketed since then. I mean, yeah, I mean, they didn't really give up much for Yaka Pirtle, so I don't think they were intending to be buyers, but I think when you see a trade like that come through, you got to swing, mm-hmm. especially to bring your guy back. I mean, that was a fair trade. And this is a team that... I mean, has a good coach, Nick Nurse. Yeah. Fred Van Vliet is finally playing good basketball. Pascal Siakam's doing his thing. He's taking that next step as a star, and he's kind of entering superstar territory. That might be a hot take. Pascal Siakam? Or might be a hot take, but no, I mean, no. he's he's taking that step. Because he's, he's been there before. I think he's been there before. 
but the problem was he kind of stagnated and we were like oh you're not there you're not going to be there and but now he's taking, he's taking those step. steps yep. so i don't hate that at all og i mean og can, can play a little better their team could be i mean jacopotl a lot of things could be helping. different about this team a lot of things could be different but again this is another team like the hawks where if they're the sixth seed at the end of april or in the middle of april i wouldn't be surprised because they're just playing good basketball and they have a good coach. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This team was the five seed last year and took the Sixers to the brink, basically. Yeah. And they could possibly mm-hmm. do that again if the Sixers have the three seed. Yeah. Maybe even the four seed. Upset. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, your team's coming in at number 11. Yeah, I mean, so I was I was kind of waiting to see at the bottom of the rankings. Like, I really thought we were going to be low the Clippers. But, you know, I, I really respect an 11. I would have put us at, like, 12, 13. I respect an 11, man. It's Definitely because you beat the Sixers on Monday. Yeah, it boosted. It, that yeah, definitely it was a great it win. It was, I mean, a great it was a great win. Your defense always shows up. I like how you. Best defense in the NBA. I like how your offense is the worst in the league, and it's 109 points per game. <laughs> it's like, worse by just, a lot. That's just it's a worse crazy stat to think that the worst offense in the league right now still scores 110 or just under 110 points per game. But here's the problem. You know what the second worst offense in the league scores? 112. 112. Or, yeah. And you score 100, was it, 8? Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, our defense is the best by that much. Bat, that oh, yeah, no, margin, your so. defense is by far the best. Yeah. So. And, I mean, that's what gets us by. I, I'm really happy to see my team starting to click. Uh, Kevin Love was a great – and Caleb Ziller were great additions. Mm-hmm. They just flow right in very well to the lineup. They don't have to do too much. The, Except play defense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we need more of that in Miami, right? <laughs> no. Um, we really didn't. But, again, there were, the one thing we really needed the trade deadline, there was no way we were going to get we needed a different point guard. I would love to see a Miami-Philly first-round matchup. It'd be a great matchup. Or even Miami-Cleveland. Those would be two great matchups. Now yeah. do I not sound crazy for saying those were great matchups? No, I know. I, two weeks ago, I sounded insane saying that. But those are great matchups now. I mean, I don't know who I would say, And we'll lose in the second round. But, I mean, and we'll like no, one, no one wants to face Jimmy in the playoffs. No one wants no, to do that. Jimmy, no. turn, Jimmy turns into a demon. We yeah. saw that. We, we literally saw that last year. Should the yeah. Miami Heat been to the Eastern Conference Finals last year? Probably not. But did they? Yes, they did. Because Jimmy Butler is like that. He is. Anyways, number 10. Number 10. This team uh, sustained uh, an injury to one of their, probably Uh-oh. their best player. Uh-oh. But they, they've been winning games recently. It's the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. They're going to finish yeah. in the top four in the West. So they're going to the finals again, right? Listen, it sounds listen, like it. it look, listen. it sounds like it's happening again. Listen, if when Curry comes back healthy, because honestly, at this point, if you're gonna if you're gonna continue winning games, Curry, st- stay out until the playoffs. Yeah. Or, uh, I, come back the last I'm week. Golden, come back the last week. And get State, that he's out till again. he's out till he's out till April. He's out till guaranteed. April. He's out till April. He, he's probably. I think he can come back in like middle of March. Get don't, out. Don't come back. Don't don't come back. Please don't. We don't need you. Don't risk. Well, 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 no, you need him. But what I'm saying is, we don't need you right now. Right, well, the way their their team is playing, they're six and four in their last ten. They're playing really good basketball. They've had some tough breaks in those losses, but Clay Thompson's playing on a different level. Yeah. We haven't yeah. seen Clay play like this since 2016, 2017. I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. I really thought he wasn't going to be the same anymore, but and I think I really think <laughs> that this is really good for you know who Jordan Poole. Does he get some good time to develop as a starting point guard and mm-hmm. a chance he would never really get because of Steph Curry working on his maturity? No. Or Draymond's going to give him a little right hook. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I'm I forgot sorry. that even happened. I'm no, sorry. you're fine. You're fine. It's uh, really even happened. <laughs> no, uh, again, Draymond's doing his thing as a facilitator. 
and if if the Warriors aren't at least a consideration for going to the finals this year, you're crazy. Yeah, you're wrong. Actually, is what happens. You're wrong. Uh, yeah, I agree, Zach. To number nine, another team that should be contenders. Just kidding, Martel. I know. I know you're not gonna think this way. It's the Sacramento Kings. Kings deserve to be here, man. That I don't. Was, I don't was, think no, they're contenders. That was an amazing win Listen. against the Clippers. They have to be here, Martel. You know they have to be here. No, you, they're not right. contenders. They, I think they. They, com- they dropped the combined ninety piece on Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Malik Monk. I don't know what's happened to Malik Monk. They could. They he, the he's finally decided to be a top five pick. <laughs> <laughs> finally, he's finally, on Sacramento of all teams, he said, "You know what? I'm a top five pick. I I am here. I've made it. I've made the NBA." <laughs> I mean, yeah. He no, like even outside of that game, he's been he's been having a really good underrated season. He really has. He looks like the guy that the Lakers needed last year. And he actually really, play, really he bad. Actually plays defense now. <sighs> it's scary. It's I think not, it's not. The I think best he just needs to be back with De'Aaron Fox. I think that's all you need. He just needs to be back with De'Aaron. Kevin Fox. Herter is a stud off the bench. You got guys like Keegan Murray. He's coming into his own in his mm-hmm. second year. Yeah, is his second year? It yes, is first year. year. It's his first year. I'm sorry. It Jason is, is right. Year. Jason is right. It's his first year. Uh, Sabonis is doing his thing. I mean, this is a talented team. Don't get me wrong. And Mike Brown is honestly coach of the year. Yeah, he should be based off like preseason expectations easily. I just again, I can't trust this team. I, I really I, can't. We, I, we understand why. Don't get me wrong. We it's, understand. It's hard. To, and you know what? They'll make the playoffs, and then the Jets will be the saddest franchise. You know, once again, technically, te- technically, right now it's the Kings, but they'll unless a major collapse happens, and their whole starting five just. Tears your ACL in the next week. Because <laughs> right now this offense is rolling. They're the number one offense in the league. Ever. They have the highest offensive rating ever. Are you serious? The, yeah. the 2022-2023 Sacramento Kings. Wow. So could they make noise in the playoffs? Honestly, I can see them making noise just because have have how potent their offense is. Mm-hmm. They're going to need the right matchup. He's, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens, but right now, I, I like I like. Sadly, we'll have to agree. I like them at nine. At eight, this team is hot. It's the New York Knicks. He's not even here anymore. Still play it. We are the New York Knicks. 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 Go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York, go. I actually do have a problem with this. You I have a hot take. What? They're lower than the Sixers. Why? I have. They a should hot be higher take. than the Sixers. I'm sorry. Give me that pen. It's right next to you, actually. I think that's not a pen. That's, that's not a, a pen. Sharpie. That's a sharpie. I mean, the Sixers are. Um, it's right there. Almost at 40 wins. I'm sorry. I, the Sixers were first in my last power rankings. I, uh, I, I couldn't drop them below the Knicks. I, I understand. I, I do understand. I do understand. Because they, they give me very similar vibes to the Kings, whereas they're a great regular season story. Jalen Brunson's playing amazing. But do we really think that this team can win a potential first-round series against the likes of a Cavs or a Heat or a Sixers? Or they can beat the Heat. I, they, I do they think can they could be the Heat. But I don't trust Julius Randle. I, I don't either. trust R.J. Barrett. I think they still make too many 
stupid de- uh, decisions and and that's valid. I, I I can't sit here and say that's not a valid criticism. If but Marty Knicks, has written one, so let's hear Knicks what Marty says. If the Knicks play said. the 76ers in the first round, Knicks win in seven. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We needed that. Orlando. I think Orlando would come in here and have an aneurysm. <laughs> he definitely would. And let me tell you something. And then Walter would try. It's and not kill that you. they're gonna lean on Julius Randle. They're not gonna lean on R.J. Barrett. We know they, it is. They got a guy named J.B. Named J.B. Who's been playing some fantastic basketball. He really has. He has come into New York, and really taken over as the number one guy there. Mm-hmm. And I don't think either Harden or Maxi. Can guard Jalen oh, Brunson? No, no. no we no, saw no, what Jalen no Brunson shot. did in the playoffs last year, and I think he has a very similar playoffs. And if he can just get even better, if he can get a combined thirty from Julius Randle and RJ Barrett, and RJ Barrett is efficient from the three, and then you get you guys off the bench, Derrick Rose, Emmanuel Quick, uh, Quigley, Quentin M- Grimes has been really good. Mm-hmm. Mitchell Robinson matches up very well. Joel Embiid, I'm telling you, it's not as crazy as it thinks. And I think a 4-5 matchup of Philly versus New York would bring bring the house down. The East Coast would actually burn. It yes. would. It would burn. It would. But that's my hot take. I love the Knicks right now. They are on fire and then some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Josh Hart. Let's not forget Josh Hart. Jo- they have the guys to compete with these top teams. Do I think they they are can win against teams like the Bucks, Celtics, or Cavs? No. But 76ers, Heat, Hawks, you know, what else? I think the next week can win. All right. Fair enough. And they just got to prove me wrong. Yeah, that's fair. I agree. Uh, uh, hold up. We were just talking about this. Um, Steph Curry will return sometime on next week's three-game road trip. See, no, he doesn't have to. Sunday versus Lakers, Warriors play Thunder on Tuesday and Grizzlies on Thursday. Mm. I think, been out I, think since, I mean, he has been out for a month already. Nah, he probably just wants to play. This this is Steph Curry saying, I'm your franchise piece, let me play, dang it. I, I, I guess for him it's just, you know, play every other game. Like, get, get or like I don't know, get minutes restriction, 20 minutes a game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we'll see what they do, but continue. You have seven minutes for seven Seven games. sons. KD's back tonight. Yeah. yeah. I don't care. They're gonna, all they could do care. here, honestly, is go, they could go up or down with KD, but they're going to probably go up with KD. I just need them we to get find, it. You don't some, like KD find some chemistry, and that's what these last 20, 20-ish games are, are for. They just need to, to find out how to play together before the playoffs start. I don't, oh, yeah. care, if, I don't yeah. care if they win or lose these games. Um, as long as they're in the playoffs, they'll yeah, be Yeah, that's threat. what they said for four years in Brooklyn. And guess what? The chemistry's gone. So who cares? Suns, first round exit, next. Six, Grizzlies. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I absolutely love it. The Grizzlies, again, have shown time to time that they are one of the top teams in the West. Mm. And you can, you can, you know, you don't have to like the Grizzlies. I don't, you no, don't I have hate to them. like them. I, I don't hate I them. You can hate, hate them. them, but guess what? They're still there at number two. Through, yeah. all, through all the doubt, through all the haters, through all the West getting better, the Grizzlies are still. It still wasn't really hate. It, look, let's be honest. It wasn't haters that they they. It's haters they brought on themselves, though. Mm-hmm. That's fine because they want that. They want the smoke. They want they the smoke. Want the smoke. They want the smoke. And when the Grizzlies are sitting in the second round, comp- competing 
fighting against the Nuggets, against the Warriors, against the Clippers, against the Mavericks. That's fine. They'll compete. That's fair. Because they fair. got that guy, Ja. Ja. Great game last night. I had the most points in a single quarter all season. Yes. We're like 27. Uh, on to five. The Grizzlies just lost to this team. That's why I couldn't have them ahead of them. It's the Sixers. I would put the Sixers below the Grizzlies, but, yeah, you, you can't. That's, that's fair. I'm hiding behind my windscreen because <laughs> I just don't care about this team. I think they're frauds. <laughs> they're, really we do. know they're frauds. They're the, biggest, they're, the, they're the biggest frauds in the NBA. But I have more trust in the New York Knicks than the <laughs> Philadelphia 76ers. You know they're frauds. They're frauds. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, you can have your, your top three MVP candidate. Yeah, he's not an MVP. He's not an MVP. Can we have a real – after your power rankings, we'll have a real conversation about who should win the MVP. We already know the answer. Jokic. Yeah. Tatum. It should be – probably no, should be a 3 no, 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 no. Why he's not? Been, he's been terrible recently. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Tatum's not look great. I, it's probably going to end up probably being a 3 if it's going like this. John Morant. 3 39 point triple-double. I'm not giving it to John Morant, bro. Although Jokic did just reach 100 triple doubles yesterday. Yeah, like I'm not giving. <laughs> I think he's going to break the record for most all time. I'm I can say, see it. Didn't he's he only just, isn't he the fastest player in the NBA to, to 100 triple doubles? Yeah. Like he did it way before Westbrook because mm-hmm. Westbrook took like a decade to do it. Yeah. But, but Westbrook also started in triple doubles when KD left. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, number four is Cleveland. I love it. Yeah. I absolutely Deservative. Love it. There's not, I mean, again, this team. They could make noise. Can they beat the Bucks or Celtics? We'll see. I think yeah, they we'll have see. the potential. But Evan Mobley has been turning it on. Jared Allen's obviously playing at a high level like he always has. And Donovan Mitchell, man. I love Donnie Mitch. Donnie the Don. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a big big game tonight. I think this is a real uh, li- limits test. Uh, in Boston. Oh. Yeah. So I think that's that's my game of the night tonight. So and that's your number. Boston is not my number three. Oh. It is Denver. Whoa. 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 Mm. Come on. That's not a the fan. Bi- that's the bias right there. Not no, a fan. I don't. I don't think it. That's I don't the think bias. it is. Not a fan of that. That's the bias. What have the Celtics? Why have the Nuggets deserved to be over the Celtics? Okay. All right. That's, that's, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I mean, it was. Good job. We got something. It was very, very close. And I think these top three teams have easily, all season long, they've been the most consistent and best teams in the NBA. Yeah, I think it's a top three class of elite, and then it's like. There's, yeah. there's, a, there's a drop off. It's top four. Who's the fourth? Memphis. Get out. <laughs> uh. I, okay, right. I, I guess one, two, three are interchangeable because they all have 44 wins. Yeah. Nuggets have two more losses, but that's just because they played two more games. I remember listening to this, tic- watching this TikTok a week ago, and I don't mean to get off because we already kind of know what the top two are. Yeah, no. Um, they tried to put the Sixers up there with them as a sneaky team because of some historical metric, and I'm like, no, bro. I don't care about metrics. I don't care about these historical stats when it comes to the Philadelphia. They can have they could they could go 78 and four. And I still want to trust them to go past the second round. Seventy-eight and four. 
They're yeah. seventy-eight and four. Out. Uh, yeah, they can, they I can heard. they can break the all-time regular season record. Joel Embiid could average fifteen and twenty, but when it comes to the playoffs, I don't trust them. I don't know why I heard it seventy dash eight dash four. I don't know why I heard it like that. I don't know. I didn't say dash. I mean, while we're on the topic of Embiid, I I want to give him a a little bit of credit because the Sixers' game plan is just force-feed him the ball for 48 minutes, and he has to carry this team every single game. If he was not on this team, they would be horrible. Oh, they'd be god-awful. They would be one of the worst teams in the NBA. I'm sorry. With hands down. Hands down. They should have chose Ben Simmons. <laughs> wow. Speaking of Ben, he's not even in the lineup anymore. I hope you know that, bro. Chandler, we all know Chandler Parsons, one of the biggest bag stealers ever in the NBA. Um, he he said today, he said Ben Simmons will only earn minimum contracts for the rest of his time in the NBA. Yeah, well, if I mean, he even plays next year, he's gonna he's gonna get cut after this season. I don't know why we don't just can cut you him now. can you have the money to cut him? I don't care, just cut him. <laughs> well, yeah. if he's not going to play, he's going to sit thirty million on the bench. You might as well just put him out, put him out of his misery, take him out back. Okay, well, well, <laughs> look at the flowers, Benny. Look at the flowers. No, they're so beautiful. The no. sunsets. I think it was a sunset. I don't know. It was personally, a sunset. It was a personally. I've never watched a movie. I got to be honest. I, you didn't read the book. What's a book? <laughs> I, I know about. Audible.com. I'm kidding. I'm not. We wish you were sponsored. Don't do that. <laughs> we wish we were sponsored. Uh, that, would be, that would be like a really Let good me tell you about my free Audible. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what, uh, if one is on Milwaukee right now, I don't Two's know. Two's Boston. One's okay. Milwaukee. Can All the Bucks right, please lose fair. a game? Can they please lose a game? They're making me mad. Is, you, know what's, you know what's... I have a hot take. Oh, the no. Magic are beating them tonight. What? Listen, I keep want that it. Keep that burden. I keep that burden. I want it. Because we need Paolo in the playoffs. I need it. He's so good. He's ah! so you good. Know, you want to know something? This might be a hot take on my own. And I don't know how crazy this is, but I want to say it. You're crazy. Paolo is what the NBA wanted Zion to be. Interesting. Explain. Hmm. When when Zion, we all remember 2020 when the bubble happened. They force fed their way to get Zion. In there was there. a bubble. They force fed their way to get Zion in there, <laughs> and we portray. And that was out. That was watching what 20 games of Zion. Something like that. Zion's only played what 200 games in the NBA. I want to say not even. Probably not even. Probably 100. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. In his time there, he's amazing. He's an amazing post guy, but outside of that, he just doesn't have much. He's so dominant that it doesn't matter. Yeah. I think Paolo is a way more polished and unique player. Granted, he does not have the post moves, and he's not as dominant down low at all. But I think that what the NBA he's wanted... He's a dribbler. He's a dribbler. He, he, mm. I think what the mm. NBA wanted... But, but let's remember... Let's remember... Let's remember what the NBA tried to portray Zion to be. I remember all these clips of him taking it from... Taking it in transition in um, at Duke taking it from top of the key at Duke. I know we didn't do it a lot, but they kept showing it. And I think that's what they want. They wanted Zion to be this LeBron-type figure that could do everything, and he wasn't. And I think Paolo has a chance to be something close to that. Not near, not not that at all, but close to it. And I think the NBA just wanted pa- what Paolo is. They wanted Zion to be really bad. I mean, he could still do that. I think he still could, but... Like, he could drive, and he could... Like, he doesn't... It's not that like he doesn't have a three-point shot. And another thing... I'm sorry. I got an argument about this yesterday. I have to say this because... Paolo's better than Zion at this point. 
because I have not seen Zion play. Yeah, it's the fire. That's the fire. Uh, I don't know if I can agree with that. And these are these are some of my favorite players in the NBA because they're they're both Duke boys, right? But I mean, the Pelicans were like the two seed with Zion playing. I know. Now he's all, he was all star yeah. starter. I'm sorry, but your best ability is your availability, and he's played what a full season out of four years in the NBA, three years in the NBA. I'm sorry. Four years, yeah. I mean, that answer could get. Or that question could get answered soon. Yeah. But for now, like let's let's say this: you picking a team? Who you picking today? We're, I'm picking, picking Paulo. That's all we have. For now. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back Friday, we got some college wrestling to talk about. We got some college basketball matchups of the week. The last regular Woo! season before the tournament. Saturday, oh baby. God. Saturday. And then we got a full hour Can't wait. Our blues better. Let him know. Come on, baby. Blue. 7 WCH. Keep it locked.